then, lovelies. Welcome to episode 90 bloody 5 of Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. I am your titular host, Stace. Hee <laughs> tits. <laughs> and joining me in the parlour today is somebody who's not me. Yay! Yay! Because the last couple of episodes I've talked to myself like a massive weirdo and they haven't been very good and I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That delightful voice you can hear tittering in the background there is that of my good friend, Mike the Hod Hodder. Hello, Mike. Hello, tits. Welcome tits. to the tits. What? <laughs> yes, no, sorry, hello. How are you? Oh, dear. I'm sweaty. Yeah, oh, God, yeah. It's I, can't, I can't cope. I'm too fat of a lass for this. I'm not made for summer weather. Uh, well, I'm not a fat or a lass, but I don't like this weather either. You know, it's just warm. And it's that irritating kind of weather where everybody else is going, oh, isn't it lovely? And you're like, no, I'm dead. <laughs> I've never... I've, I've, I've died of heart. I don't, know, I don't know what it is in the British psyche that makes, you know, that suddenly there's, there's the minute element of sun appears and everybody dives out into the bloody garden. <laughs> And starts chucking meat on fire, you know, and, and thinks this is this is kind of what we're supposed to do. You know, I, I enjoy a good barbecue as much as anybody, but I don't want to do it every time the bloody sun comes out. What I want to do is sit in the shade and cool down. Yeah, what I want to do is sit in a bath of cold water until the heat wave ends. Well, yeah, That's... no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> I am. I'm currently... I have extremities. I'm not doing that. No, no I'm currently working in an office that technically doesn't have any windows because it's open plan but surrounding the open plan part are lots of littler offices for the directors and such so they've got all the windows so if they're in the office and their doors are closed forget having any sort of breeze and hello 30 degrees at the very least (laughs) (laughs) we've got an office in Milton Keynes which was built to be the, a, very, a very green office you know it's using all the mo- modern technology to be as green as it possibly can with windows that will open and close automatically dependent on the climate inside mm-hmm. which you think yeah well, this is fantastic this is the Brilliant. future it's freezing and they open it's blisteringly hot <laughs> and they close and you can't actually open them manually it, you know, so every time I go there, I, I kind of, I'm either walking into an iceberg or I come in and go, oh my fucking God, how warm is it, is it in here? And everybody's melting into their desks. <laughs> Our office is legitimately like the tropical room at the Botanical Gardens. <laughs> it's horrible. The parrots fly around. Yeah, I actually left early today because I was like, do you know what? I've got some toil. It's too hot. I've got a massive sweat patch under my left tip. I'm not having this. I've got to go. <laughs> I was I was lucky today. Today I got to work from home and I... I I, I, you don't, can't see the inverted commas <laughs> that I'm sort of making there when I say work from home. So, <laughs> Hello, Mike's employers. <laughs> don't worry, this show's only got about 10 listeners. Yeah, that's right. You're fine. <laughs> so, I know anyway. I genuinely thought you'd been on an episode of The Parlour, and now I feel bad because you said you haven't, and I feel like that's been an oversight on my behalf. No, no, I haven't. So um, I think the first, the first time I was ever on a podcast was with you, and it was an episode of Comic racks which mm-hmm. is going back an awfully long time and there's probably people who weren't alive when we were when you were doing copper racks <laughs> or were listening to this so we did that and you called you called the episode and this is the one thing i can remember you called it the hod rants so this time <laughs> this time i'm going to try and be a little bit more upbeat and a little bit more jolly 
Um, let's see how that goes with this weather, eh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, that reminds me. If the sound's bad, that's because I've got the fan on and the window's open because I don't care. I love podcasts, but not enough to die of sweat. Nobody needs to see my sweaty, messy, anyway. So, so yeah, I've never done... In fact, I've only ever done three podcasts. I've done one, one with yourself. I did one with uh, Rich McAuliffe for uh, Everything Comes Back to 2000 AD. Again, years ago. And I did one with uh, the Dissecting Worlds guys um, oh. about uh, sports comics which was a really interesting one to do and you know, gave me a good excuse to go away and read loads, load of British old British comics which is great um, but that's all I've done I've never really sort of done any other podcasts and you've never invited me on this so I mean I, I thought I had and I thought you'd been on it so I feel like you've got to let me off for that one <laughs> so we'll blame it on your memory it will blame it on my memory and also the fact that I've been trying to get you on the fucking show well, for about I, six months oh, yeah okay <laughs> That that is my fault because a my technology my technology at home is completely fucking awful because literally I, I I have no headphones and I had to try and nick my son's PlayStation ones and made them work and I think we ended up having something some awful crackling shit in the background when we yeah it was that. a nightmare um, and then I got sent halfway around the country for weeks on end doing various things and the weird thing is I could have done this. Ages ago, because I literally live about 10 miles away. <laughs> yeah, but you see, the thing is, now that I know that, I'm going to be like, I know, hey, yeah. hard, I don't have a guest this month. Do you want to come and Yeah, I'm going to be a, a regular, regular entry into the parlour. That doesn't sound right. Um, a regular <laughs> guest on the parlour. I have found that the parlour Twitter account gets a lot of sexy bots following it. Really? Yeah, just because of the word parlour. Oh, well, And of course, occasionally I use the word vagina, don't I? Because it's me. <laughs> well, that'll always bring them running. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, brings all the boys to the yard. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> should we talk about some pop culture? Yes. Oh my yes. god, there's been so much pop culture this oh past god, weekend. Well, San Diego's been on it. Is it San Diego? It's, it's San Diego. Saint it's Diego, gone, the whale's vagina. Absolutely. <laughs> that's the last. That's um, not. Yeah. So that's that's gone absolutely <laughs> nuts. Plus, a load of trailers have dropped over the over the last few days. Which is helpful because it makes up for the fact that I never get to go and see any bloody movies anymore. And when I do go and see them, so we're six months after everybody else. Um, so I'm going, hey, have you seen that? And they went, yeah, we saw it ages ago. Have you not got the DVD yet? You're yeah. dull. Yeah, you're, you're behind the times, hot. So, because, um, I mean, it was literally only, I think about uh, six weeks ago, I got to see Endgame. Dude. I was I was so far behind the, the curve on Endgame. I, Dude. Uh, you have no idea how bad. I mean, for, for ages, I was dodging Game of Thrones spoilers and Endgame <laughs> oh spoilers. Oh, my God. Did you just genuine, become a hermit? Uh, you know what? I managed to do it. Every time I'd be, yeah, I'd be scrolling through any sort of social media and I'd get to something that looked vaguely Avengery or Game of Thrones. Yeah, just... Scroll, scroll massively away. quickly. Scroll away. Yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, so that's yeah, I got, harsh. I, got I, I took, I took Charlie to go and see Endgame, um, and uh, Ooh. Uh, okay. oh, no. okay, this is oh, my, no. thing. this is my thing about Endgame. Okay, <laughs> I, I absolutely adored Infinity War. I thought it was Me fantastic. <gasps> I'm not sure how I feel about Endgame, probably because I bought a little bit too much into the hype about it. And yeah. it didn't quite live up to my expectations. But that's not the movie's fault. That's my fault. And I need to see it again mm. with fresher eyes, I think. Yeah, I can see how that can happen. I had the exact same thing with Get Out. which Because right. like, like, literally everybody was like, it's one of the fucking best things you're ever going to put your fucking eyes on. And then I watched it and I was like, it's all right, that. 
Yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of did that. I was, Fine. I think, I think I got too caught up in the oh, him giving him, him giving Thanos the time stone is this big thing, and then it was like, well, it's so that the ancient one will give it to him again in the past. And it was like that it. It was going to be a bit like you know more. Mm. That's kind of just thrown that a bit. So it's kind of not what I expected in terms of what they were going to go and do with the plot. Yeah, but again, that's my fault, not the movie's fault. See, I quite liked that about it because. The problem with having gaps between things coming out and whatnot is that a lot of the time people theorise and somebody's usually going to get it right. And I did not see that five-year gap come in no, at no, all. No, I didn't. No, and no, the fact the thing, that they yeah. kept that in at the end, that yeah. like Tony was like, don't kill my kid. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> Let's not go back in time to when my kid didn't exist. See, see that's, that's, that was the weird thing. And I think that's what initially threw me because it went in a totally different direction mm. to what I was expecting. And I was kind of struggling to catch it up for the rest of the film. Yeah. So sometimes, to a certain extent, spoilers about you know, knowing generally where the storyline goes without knowing specifics kind of can help you because you know where it's going to take you, so you don't you don't get thrown for a loop. So yeah, and I do need to see it again. I definitely need to see it again because it's um it's still not the best movie I've seen this year by Long Short, which was what Shazam. Is? Oh my god! I did okay. I. Uh, mm. Uh, <laughs> no, I loved Shazam, like properly loved Shazam. Like I was bouncing out of the cinema in the same way I was when I first saw Deadpool, kind of loved yeah. Shazam. But I feel like Endgame is a better movie. I wouldn't argue that point at all. It probably yeah. is. <laughs> the thing is, I there was for me in Endgame, there were no leaping off my seat wanting to punch the air moments for me. Oh, I had a couple. Where, but there what well... There was in Shazam when the Shazam family turns up. Yeah, that from I, I mean, I'm with there, sitting with my kid, surrounded by a load of families, and I, I actually wanted to get off the seat and go fucking yes. <laughs> um, I didn't because I thought, you know, as a, as somebody who's approaching fifty, I should probably start being a bit responsible now. Nah. I don't feel like it, and I'm not going to. But you know, <laughs> jumping up and down in the middle of a cinema when you're approaching fifty at a kids' film is probably not the best thing to do. So, but yeah, I loved every minute of Shazam. It made me, it really just made me roar with laughter. Mm. It hit the notes at the right time, and it had that thing that I was desperately wanting to going in, wanting to happen, but thinking it may not. And then when it did, it's like, goodness. <laughs> but with Endgame, because it kind of threw me, I didn't know what I want, what I wanted it to do, if you know what I mean, if yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. So, so they didn't really become the, the punch the air moments. Mm. But again, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to have to sit and see it again because we'll get it on DVD for Charlie or something or I'll find a copy somewhere. Have oh, you I seen can... Far From Home yet? No. Um, and I got told off about that today, actually, because I have <laughs> promised to take Charlie, mm. to see it. I'm not going to tell you off, but I am going to tell you that I've already seen it twice. Oh, Jesus. Well, I go back to my previous <laughs> comment of I never get to see a film anymore because most of the films that I want to mm. see, Charlie wants to see, and so we have to find a weekend where oh, it's... Oh, see, yeah, that rules out midnight showings Exactly. Well, it? it rules out midnight showings. It rules... Yeah, I mean, the only time I've been to see a film sort of late at night was I went to see Dread by myself, which I think is the only... No, I have seen two films by myself. And I had to go and see like an 11 o'clock because it was kind of like nobody nobody I knew wanted to go and see it. And my missus said, well, you can go and see it, but you'll help me put the kids to bed first. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we didn't end up seeing Dread at the cinema, I don't think, because it was one of those ones where it was out at Cineworld for like... Other cinemas are available. Yeah, for like two showings a day for a week. And those showings were either at... 8am or well, they night. spectacularly <laughs> fucked it up because they didn't they, they only showed it in 3D 
Ugh. I didn't. I didn't As have a glasses any wearer, can I can I just say, fuck three? Oh, it sucks. Yeah, it sucks. Just I, I, fuck I, it right I, in the arsehole. I hate. I, I hate, hate it so yeah. much. It makes me want to throw up, and that's not because that's that's actually a physical reaction oh, to, see, the, to it, the. It gives me headaches, but also. Also, having to wear glasses on top of my own glasses, because I can't take mine off or I can't fucking see the film. Yeah. Glasses on top of glasses pinches the side of your head somewhat fucking chronic, yeah. and I hate it. But oh that's God, the only nice. film I've seen in 3D because I had no choice. Mm. And I could see what they were doing with it and how it benefited it, sort of, from a visual <laughs> perspective. Mm. But you know what? It's just as good in 2D, so what's the fucking point? Well, yeah. And is, I mean, is 3D even a thing anymore? I, mean, do they- I don't know. I think everything's either IMAX or regular. Yeah, we've got they've got four DX at our Cine World now, but I'm too fat to do it apparently. <laughs> not the, the not the four DX. Four DX is when you're in seats that move, and it also like blows wind at you and and sprays water at you during wet sequences, and uh, there's bubbles right. and there's smells, and it sounds awful. I don't know why you'd want to pay extra because this is the thing, right? When you've got an unlimited card, other cards are available. Um, <laughs> when you've got an unlimited card, you still have to pay extra for IMAX and for four DX, and I'm like. Why? Even if I could, if even if I hit this magical weight limit that your seats apparently can't handle, even if I even if I could, why would I want to spend extra money to get wet and have smells thrown at me? I well, want to watch some a movie. people who pay good money for that. <laughs> <laughs> Depends what movie you watch, exactly. I suppose. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus! I've just <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, that's what my visual capacity for the next five minutes. Um, but uh, it, it's a gimmick, isn't it? It's a gimmick. And frankly, just put a good movie up on the screen. Yeah, that's all that, I want. Yeah, exactly. I don't get it. I've Far never From got Home's it. a good movie, Hold You should see. I know. I need to go and see it. I don't think we've got anything on this weekend. And Sundays is always a good time to take the kids. Mm. You know, it is the summer as well. So during the week, it's going to be... Mind you, during the week... Mm-hmm. I'll have to see. I'll have to see, but I'll definitely go and see it because it is the. I think it's the last film that I'm really keen to see this year. I can't it's, think what it's else also is the last out. film of Phase Three, so you kind of you need this to wrap up stuff. True, I do, <laughs> and I. You know what? I genuinely. This was the other problem. I genuinely had to stay off watching the trailer until I'd seen Endgame. Oh yeah, they were quite good about that. But they were I'm, very good. They did say, um, to, oh, "Who's the dude again?" Tom Holland. Tom Holland. What I'm a wonderful say, Tony dude. Maguire, that's going back. <laughs> he, um, yeah. he does come up and say, "If you've not seen Endgame, just fuck off for a while, go and see it, and then come back and watch this." Yeah, it actually really annoyed me that because we went to see Spider Man, I think on opening night. Which we don't always do. We try and avoid it because it's usually full of arseholes. But if yeah. we can get at that sweet spot at about 5pm where it's too early for all the arsehole, like, mm. you know, the arseholes in the evening. But it's like, it's a little bit, it's a little bit too late for people who've been off work all day and whatever. Yeah. So you get into that little sweet spot, then it's usually fine. Why was I rambling about this? Oh yeah, we saw it, <laughs> we saw it on opening night. And then the following day, I think it was, we were watching like a Game Grumps episode on YouTube or something. Mm. And YouTube have started putting way more adverts in videos now than oh, they've ever done before. Yeah, and one of the mid-roll ads that we got was the spoilerific Spider-Man oh. without Tom Holland going, don't watch this if you haven't seen any That's really bad. I was like, you dickheads! Oh, what if I hadn't it. seen it, you massive dickheads? I, mean, I, I, I try... I don't get massively hung up on spoilers anyway. I do. Um, it's not... It's, you know, I'm kind of one of these people that has a tendency to, if I'm watching a show which has been around for a while, I kind of have a tendency to go on Wikipedia and just find out what's going to happen. I shouldn't, but I do. <laughs> but it, again, it depends on the show. Mm. 
I wouldn't do that for something like, um, you know, Game of Thrones, Line of Duty, that sort of stuff. You, the stuff which the genuine benefit of the writing is that you something comes out of left field. Yeah. But for something like some of the CW shows, like Flash and Arrow and mm. Legends of Tomorrow, you know, genuinely, I've just caught, just kept up with those by reading the Wikipedia entries, and it's good enough for me. <laughs> I've, uh, I think I might have officially given up on all of those now. Yeah, I don't think I've watched any of the last two seasons of any of them. Oh, wow. So I gave up on Arrow pretty quick. And then I gave up on Legends about three episodes before the end of season one because I was like, I don't care about any of these guys. That you know what? That that, <laughs> that I had a bit of a rant with somebody about that, and this is the only rant I'm going to do today. <laughs> uh huh. No, uh-huh. no, it won't. Be. Um, but <laughs> this is the thing that you've got a, a show that's there about time travel, and th- there are so many things you can do with a time travel show. You can yeah. do some great things. And there's a certain time travel show that's been going for 50 years and has done everything that can be done with time travel and made it fairly good. I'll be, I'll be generous. It's made it fairly good. <laughs> so the thing you do when you do a time travel show is not to learn a single fucking thing from that show and do weird shit like invite George Washington onto the, onto the spaceship and then go, shh. Don't, Don't tell, tell anybody. Anyone. Like, one of the things, one of my biggest bugbears about that show, and I know it's going to sound really pedantic, but because I wasn't enjoying it, I started picking holes. And one of the biggest holes for me was linking it with any of the other CW shows. Yeah. You can't have a moment where one action from The Flash causes what's-his-name's kid to be an entirely different gender. Mm. And, like, all sorts of people are dead. Other people are alive who were dead. Like, it's it's chaos. Absolute chaos. But then have a show where, like you say, they just, like, fucking invite historical figures onto a ship (laughs) and go, this is is fine. Exactly. This is fine. Have you not watched any Doctor Who at all? It's not fine. The thing's... The whole of reality is going to collapse around. It doesn't around make you. any sense yeah, exactly. at all. So I just and and also like I don't mean to be rude, but pretty much like nobody in that show can act. Well, see, mm. like I liked Wentworth Miller. Yeah, and I like Brandon Routh. Yeah, and that's probably as far as you're going to get for me with the Legion. Arthur Darville, when he was in it, is not too bad. But not as good as he was in Doctor Who. No, 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 and certainly not as good as he was is in Broadchurch or was in Broadchurch. I've never seen Broadchurch. It's harrowing, but um, it's well acted, so I'll give it that. I don't think I like policey stuff, detective mm. stuff, unless it's really funny. See, now I was brought up on a diet of Agatha Christie books. Ah. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I'm kind of, it's kind of embedded in the genes. I think I find policey stuff too real and too, like, that's not what I want to think about right mm. now when I'm watching entertainment. Well, yeah. I'd rather watch, like, A Touch of Cloth or A Year of the Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> But you don't like watching cricket, and I can sit there for seven hours and watch a game of cricket. Yeah, yeah. So I think <laughs> I think I think my problem with that is is that I still don't understand what a crumpet is, so I can't understand cricket. No, I don't. Well, is it a crumpet? Is it bread or is it something else? <laughs> See, we've ha- definitely had this this conversation on a podcast in a half shell episode in the past, and I think we came to the conclusion after a Wikipedia ring that it was a bread, but still nobody could tell me. But it's smudgy. Why is so different to it's bread? Smudgy. What? Yeah, is it not a cake? Is it a muffin? Who knows? Apparently it's bread, but it's not bread in my book. No. So, yeah, I don't get crumpets or cricket. I got into an argument the other day. What would you call a crusty bread roll? What would you call a it? A crusty bread roll? Well, yeah. I'd call that a crusty roll. Would you call it a cob or a bap? Uh, see, I would never call anything that was crusty a cob or a bap. Oh. Now, if it's not crusty, if it's a soft yeah. like roll, then it would be a cob. See, this is the thing. 
We, I was in, a, I was a room from people from Americans all, listening to this. No, going, yeah, what okay. the fuck are you on about, you losers? Well, <laughs> really, Great, mate, <laughs> they want to talk right now. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit of politics there. Um, so I was sat in a room with people from all around the country, and the genu- the the, the vehement arguments over what a bread roll is called. It's a bat, it's a balm cake, it's seriously for every part of the country it's called something different. Richie's sister, to annoy people, calls them savoury donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Just because she knows everybody gets on, on their I'm high horses that. about cobs and rolls and I'm using bats. that. I'm using that. Savoury donut. <laughs> I'm using that. <laughs> anyway. Stealing it. What a brilliant randomly segue. off on What tangents. a brilliant segue into phase four of Marvel. Yeah, exactly. I saw what you were doing there. We're saying it was the end of phase three, and I'm thinking, I know where she's going with this. I know she's going with this, and then we went off. And then, and then we went off on, on, a, on a bread related tangent. So I do love bread, though. To be fair, anyway, bread's lovely. Bread's great. Bit of bit of tiger loaf. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> San Diego Comic Con, that's a thing that happened. Yes. And Marvel just came out and went, and just spooned. And, and just, just had, you know, <laughs> we're we're going to do some stuff. Oh, my God. And here it all is. Holy I mean, crap. They're not one for drip feeding, are they? Not at all. And I mean, I was having this discussion with somebody at work the other day and that part of me kind of wishes we would get away from this announcement culture that we've got in entertainment. There was a recent announcement that there's going to be a lady who's going to play 007 in the next movie. And I thought, I wish I hadn't known that beforehand, because now I'm going to have to spend X amount of months listening to men on the internet tell me why women's can't be 007. See, now, I saw this, <laughs> but I didn't look at it, because I knew that if I looked at it, I'd end up looking the co- on the comments about mm-hmm. it, and it just it's like a can is open and the worms are all over the table yeah, and it's a mess. So let, let me just get this straight. So... She's going to be playing 007, but not, not necessarily playing not necessarily James Bond. Bond. Yeah. See, now I've got no problem with that. Why would anybody have a problem with that? What's, no. the, what's the problem? Because women's are terrible or something. Men are, <laughs> men are fucking thick at times. <laughs> men are terrible too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's one of those things where, and it's like, I wish the Doctor had just become a woman, just become Jodie on the screen in front of my eyes. And yeah. I'd been like, ah! Whereas now it's like, hello, here's the next seven years of Marvel. Yeah, it's and everybody it's, we're hiring to. Frankly, I'm surprised they didn't have a trailer for the releasing announcement about <laughs> Phase Four because that's the next step we're going to. Oh my yeah, we gosh. do we do have the sneak trailer, then the first trailer, then the preview trailer, and, and it's then the like TV yeah, spots. Yeah, and it, yeah. So I try I try not to watch many trailers, but like I say, because I'm a bit of a fan of a couple of like Let's Play channels and stuff. I just get YouTube throwing yeah. trailers at me all the time. Did they? They have done this before, sort of. I think. I think this is how they announced Phase Three. Yeah. Oh, pardon me, um, but it did change quite a bit. In yeah, the that end. was that was the thing because I can remember them announcing whichever phase the first Guardians of the Galaxy film was in, mm. and you kind of looked across and you went, "Oh, that's going to be good. Oh, that's going to be good." And the two Avengers films, um, which were meant to be Infinity War one and two, which became. Infinity War and mm. um, and Guardians of the Galaxy that was in there. I remember seeing, looking at it with my brother-in-law, who's also a massive comics fan, and we both looked at each other and went, fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> what on earth do they think they're doing? Listen, that's, that's just gonna watch that. Nobody knows who the fucking <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy are. That's never going to fly. And now we've got Shang-Chi. <laughs> do you know what? Shang-Chi is one of those weird ones for me because... I can entirely see why they want to do it. And I think it's also kind of important that they do it because 
let's get some more representation oh, going on. Let's absolutely bring in some more of the comic characters who are not straight white men, yeah. please, and thank you. However, I have got zero interest in it. I, d- I don't think martial arts in comics is for me. I don't think it translates well at all. It, it, I think it very much depends on the artist for it to translate very well. Mm. The, the artist has got to have a good sense of, um, of motion yeah. for it to translate well and he has to sort of like know how pacing needs to work so when you're doing that sort of martial arts stuff you kind of have to you've got to they've also got to do good panel work so you've got to slow it down but make the panels very thin and make the movement very exaggerated for it to work mm. really well um, you can't do that with Batman because Batman's not a martial artist he's just he's all shadows yeah exactly <laughs> You know, um, but I, I mean, this is this is the point I was going to get to is that you know when they announced Phase Two and my brother-in-law and I looked and said nobody's going to know who Guardians of the Galaxy is. I looked at this and I genuinely went, I haven't got a fucking clue who Shang Chi is. Oh uh, well, genuinely I, have yeah, no idea. I've, I know Shang Chi, and but again, like I say, I've had the same. I, and I, it must be martial arts in comics that's yeah. not jiving with my brain because I can't get into Iron Fist comics at all. No, I've never really got I Iron just, Fist I cannot, either. I cannot. It won't sink into I, my head. I've not ever massively done Bruce Lee as a thing either. You know, watch no. load of Bruce Lee films. The only thing that comes ever so slightly close to me and martial arts films or TV shows was there was a show that I was on when I that was on when I was a kid called Monkey, which is I'm sure Barry's talked to me. Yeah, about this so before. Monkey Monkey was Monkey's just batshit nuts. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's apparently, and I'm gonna. Right now, I apologise to anybody who has any knowledge of mythology or cultural stuff, but apparently it is it is a modern version telling of a Eastern mythology sort of thing. And mm. I, yeah, that's that's really not explained very well. <laughs> but yeah, apparently it has roots that go back prior to the TV show. Yeah. So that, you know, and it's just weird. It's about a dude who flies around on the magic cloud and kicks shit. Okay. Um, and he whistles for his cloud, and yeah. So it's so it's weird. So that's the only aspect of martial artsy stuff mm. that I've ever really watched. I've never really got into Bruce Lee films. No. Kill Bill was about it. Yeah. See, I didn't like Kill Bill, but I did like the fight sequences in it. Yeah. And like, I will defend this movie till the death. The Mortal Kombat movie has some boss fight scenes in it. I'm not even going to lie. I watched see, it not, last see, weekend. See now, here's here's the thing. <laughs> Do you, would you call something like Mortal Kombat or Jesus Street Fighter or ha, I'm going to trump your Mortal Kombat or the best one of the lot, Dead or Alive? Because <laughs> um, it's got a Holly Valance and I won't hear a damn word said against about Holly Valance fighting without a bra on and then uh, putting oh. the bra on as she fights. Well, that doesn't make sense. Oh, it's great. It's a fantastic <laughs> film. It should have won Oscars. Would you call them martial arts films? Or are they video well, game films that have fighting in them? Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily... If I was organising them at a store, I probably wouldn't stick them in the martial arts Yeah, exactly. They're, yeah. they're more likely to appeal to nerds than they are martial that's, arts that, fans. That, 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 you know but what? You've managed, to, you've managed to make the point far more eloquently than I did, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I'm getting yeah. at. The, when, it, when you say martial arts films, that's, like I say, it's the mm. kind of Jackie Chan... Bruce Lee, that sort of stuff, yeah. and that's what I think they'll yeah, probably missed, go for. I've missed the boat on all yeah. that. I think. Yeah. I think the closest I get to uh, enjoying a martial arts movie. Have you ever seen Miami Connection? 
I, yeah, I've heard about it, but I've never seen it. It is no. absolutely the best worst film you're ever going to really? see. Oh my god, it's shit brilliant. <laughs> it's just like it's one of those films where you know how we were saying pre-recording. There's some films that are just intrinsically bad, but you love them. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's this. It's badly acted. It's badly written. The only good things about it are the fight sequences because the guy who plays the main character is actually a grandmaster in some kind of martial art. Can't remember which. But it is like a dreadful movie about a group of people who are in a band who. Get into some shit with some ninjas for some reason and also there's an orphan who's trying to find his dad like none of it makes any <laughs> any and I say orphan I mean he's in his like 40s I think well I tell you what I'll watch <laughs> that if you promise to watch Spaced Invaders okay I'm going to write that down so that I don't forget do 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 prepare to die earth scum <laughs> Um, so yeah, yeah phase four. <laughs> so the, the thing that struck me about phase four is mm. is as I you know as I was saying sort of like when it's they weird went, as balls. Yeah, when, when they announced phase two, it was kind of like oh, looking forward. Yeah, that known quantity, known quantity, known quantity, known quantity, mm. and something else you've never heard of, which you're gonna love. Whereas this is kind of known quantity, known quantity, and everything else. What even yeah, the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Um, you know. So let, well, should we go from the top? Okay. Black Widow. I think a Black Widow film has missed the bus in terms of Marvel, but if they do it right, should be really good because you're looking for a proper spy thriller. Yeah, this is this is. I'm intrigued to know when it's set because I've heard rumours that parts of it will take place not long after Civil War. All right, but I don't know if that's the whole of it or not. Because I feel like they may have missed the boat on a prequel. Because no offense, but Scarlett Johansson's not getting younger. She's not Benjamin Button in. Um, <laughs> and as great she's as still fine. she is, still fine. I'm not going to argue with that. Yeah. she's fit as fuck. Hmm. I'd look I'd probably <laughs> kill to look like her when she's seventy right. now. But um, yeah, like I, I don't know if. Um, also, I don't know if if a prequel would be a bit too dark, given the little hints that we've been given about. Right, okay, I've got one way to respond to that. Go on. You're absolutely right. She's not getting any younger, um, and a prequel, that has to overcome that. And I'll say to you, Samuel L. Jackson in Captain Marvel. Ah, yes. Now, this is what I was thinking, is that potentially they could do that, but I think that technolo- that's that been really hit and miss for them. And, and I will present to you Agent Coulson in Captain Marvel. Uh, yeah, good point. <laughs> <laughs> who looked consistently like he was having a well stroke. Well Stacey. Well <laughs> Like as my, I loved Captain Marvel. I'm not gonna lie. Like that movie was almost made with me in mind. Mm. Like it was. I went to see it and I was like, "Well, that's everything I wanted yeah, for a Captain was, it, Marvel." I tell you what, it was great. Like, I, I loved it. I loved brilliant. It. Yeah, I walked um, out. It was kind of one of those ones. I didn't walk out sort of going, "Yes, yes, yes." I walked out. And went, "Yep, that was good." Job done. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, but that his face was one of like maybe two little quibbles I had with it because I think you're right it is. but he wasn't in it a lot so maybe they just didn't really care well mm. there is that <laughs> and you, it may be that you find and this is going to sound really weird certain faces react well better than well mm. react better to that sort of technology you're than, saying black don't crack I know well, I was trying <laughs> I was trying to be as diplomatic as possible but I was going to go on to say that if you mm. look at Rogue One yeah. the way they did Tarkin mm. kind of worked and you looked at it and you kind of knew that it was weird because you kind of looked at it and knew that it wasn't real. Something was off. Something, well, it but wasn't yes. something was off. I don't know whether you're looking at it and you think something's off because 
the CGI isn't quite as good or you know that Peter Cushing is dead. Well, I didn't know he was dead, you see. Did you not? No, right. so I said to Rich, is he okay after the end of that movie? And Rich was like, no, he's been dead for a while. Yeah. <laughs> but the weird thing is, you looked at Carrie Fisher's you know, face mm. makeup thing, whatever you want to call it, and that was fucking shocking. I mean, it was awful. Yeah, it was bad. It did look like she'd melted. Um, <laughs> yeah, partially melted candles. But, you know, we've got to a point where we can put this stuff up on the screen and at worst, it's passable. Yeah. You know, when it's good, it's fantastic. So I think it has interesting connotations for the industry but mm. without getting into all that sort of shit. Um, it may be that just there are some faces and the shape of the face and the texture of the face that works better with that sort of stuff. And Samuel Jackson's just happens to, 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 to cope yeah. better because I, I genuinely couldn't spot any flaws no, with Samuel L. Jackson. No. But Coulson's was a little bit just... It looked a little bit like they rubbed a little bit of Vaseline over his face. It just yeah, looked a it just little, looked a little bit plasticky. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wonder whether it's got stuff to do with... Partly with skin tones and also with facial hair. Like, I wonder whether it doesn't particularly look great on women because there's not a lot on our faces you can disguise any particularly bad oh, rendering yeah. with. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Because Robert Downey Jr., when he's younger in that... Yeah. In that simulation, looks awful. Yeah. He's got no facial hair. Ah. And when you yeah. CGI off Henry Cavill's moustache... That, I mean, that, <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I love that movie just for that fucking tash. <laughs> See, the thing is, I didn't mind Justice League. I've tried. Oh, I've, I watched. I watched Batman versus Superman once. Oh I've tried another four times to watch it all the way through, and I just—it's just. It's just Shockingly so bad. bad. It's really um, bad. No, and don't get me wrong. I get why people like it, and that's mm. fine. It's not that like I'm looking at it going, "That's not Superman. That's not Batman." Blah, blah, blah. I'm, not, I'm not like that at all because I quite enjoyed Man of Steel. Mm. It's not the sort. Me of too. Su- it's not. It's not the sort of Superman that particularly appeals to me. But it's a perfectly valid take on Superman. Yeah. So that's fine. I just there's something about Batman versus Superman that's just my problem with that movie is that I God. felt like Batman and Superman were in an entirely different movie to Lex Luthor. Yeah, Lex Luthor was a pantomime villain in yeah. that film, and Batman and Superman were taking life very seriously. Yeah. So when you get to like scenes like the infamous Martha scene, Lex is like giggling maniacally in the background yeah. like an absolute panto villain, and then they're trying to seriously sell the idea that somebody said Martha and it might have some meaning. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's... Brooks. <laughs> I mean, like I said, it, not for me. No. If you like it, fine. Yeah, absolutely. Ever, what, knock yourself out. I wish I not liked it. I would like to yeah, like I'd everything like, so I would never uh, feel like I wasted is, my I've, time on a thing. I've been a DC kid since I was 15, which is, I don't know, a couple of centuries back. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I love DC. I used to know everything about DC. I think it's, it, out of them all, I have probably a collection of 10,000 comics, a good half, if not more, are DC comics. And the rest are other sort of stuff mixed in together. <laughs> so I love DC. And I desperately, desperately wanted to love the DC films. But I haven't. And I wasn't massively keen on Justice League, but I thought it was a step up from um, yeah. from Batman Superman. I would agree. So, you know, we've you've got this kind of weird thing. and But the whole CGI moustache thing, just... <laughs> Uh, can you? Can you? Can you? Uh, just let him have a beard, in it. I don't care. Well, just go. <laughs> I don't give a fuck. Shave it off, or else you don't get paid. Well, there is also that. <laughs> you know, it's just you know, they have managed to have Superman in. Well, yeah, it's kind. If you're under contract, I don't give a fuck. Shave it off, or you don't get paid. You know. 
Was the moustache all that important in Mission Impossible Fallout either, I have to exactly. wonder? Not really, but he it's was just, very handsome. In it's it. just... Anyway. It's ludicrous. It's ludicrous. The thing is, they, they can get away with it in something like Mission Impossible. Superman has never really rocked facial hair. No. Except in some really, really atrocious comics. So, <laughs> but to CGI it off, and if you're going to do it, at least make a decent job of it. Well, I think that's the problem, is I've always found that with CGI'd stuff, that the lips are always the things that look wrong. The, yeah. Like in, in any sort of animated movie, like your Toy Stories and everything, mm. the human's mouths are always the thing that I'm just a bit like, ugh. Well, I think I can imagine it's probably the most difficult thing to do. Yeah. You know, and it looks odd, genuinely, but, you know. Anyway, anyway. Black Widow. So, Black Widow. But, yeah, I think if they if they can do that whole spy thing, I'm, th- I'm thinking kind of maybe a riff on... And the name's just gone right out of my head. There's a there's a female Bond comic character um, who's, again... Modesty Blaze. Modesty Blaze, that's it. Have you I ever read something. Have you ever read Modesty Blaze? I haven't. It's lovely. It's fabulous. It's proper, real 60s sort of like spy stuff. Mm. And, and the world's been crying out for a Modesty Blaze movie. There is one, but it was made donkeys years ago um, and is a little bit overly camp. Um, <laughs> but I can see them wanting to try and do a Modesty Blaze, James Bond, born in whatever mm. stuff, you know, with... with um, Black Widow and I think it will work really well Yeah, but they've My, got to find the right timing to do it in terms of know. where in her personal timeline they're talking yeah. about my, my sort of difficulty with it and again this is me based on absolutely no knowledge whatsoever is that uh, was it last year or the year before we had that Jennifer Lawrence Spar- Red Sparrow movie oh, right, that yeah, was yeah. about a bird who gets raised in like a Russian spy camp mm. and she's a ballerina and then she goes off and does spy things and such and I was like well, ooh basically just ripped off Black Widow completely. yeah yeah, yeah. And, um, it, and, and seeing as I've really had to rack my brains to see if I can remember it it didn't do a great deal then. no I don't think it did but one of my one of my sort of concerns about it is is that female led superhero movies even though we've actually had a couple of them now are still under that sort of pressure of like oh but if this one's crap though then female we just don't stick women at the forefront again there's a lot of pressure on them to be better or you know as no, good as or better well, the thing is that um, you know you've had two come out from the Marvels no, you've had one come out from the Marvel Studios, yeah, and you have one come out from the from Warner Brothers Studios, mm. and they've both done big, big numbers. Mm. And Captain, that was just me going to see them a thousand and, times yeah. each. <laughs> and, Captain, and Captain Marvel's not just done big numbers. Captain Marvel's done oh fucking hell, how yeah, that's mm. incredible numbers. And it didn't have a massive budget either. I don't think it had much less budget than any of the other mm. uh, Phase Three movies. So I think you're right, but I think that pressure's dropping now. Oh, that they that they can probably so. they can probably withstand something that isn't you know it doesn't have to be phenomenally received as long as it's received well mm. that's probably going to be enough because they've dipped their toe in the water and actually you know what it's felt fine the first two times let's keep going back mm. I hope they do that I mean there might be another way they take the Black Widow movie but you think on the, you know looking at it that's the that's the obvious way to go and yeah. if you're gonna do something like that. Sometimes the obvious way is probably the best way. You know, you you go you you put the stuff that comes in from left field in the story, not necessarily with where you're going with the story. Yeah. So we'll see about. Yeah, it'd be interesting. Um, Falcon and White Winter Soldier is the next one. That's going to be a TV series, isn't it? I, I believe so, and I, I genuinely don't know how I feel about this, right? And, and and I don't want people to yell at me because I know there are a lot of Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan fans out there, but I find Sebastian Stan to be a hundred percent the 
joint worst casting choice in the Marvel really? universe. There are two people who I think are entirely miscast, and I think it's Jeremy Renner, who is the world's most forgettable man. Mm-hmm. But then so is Hawkeye, so maybe he's not miscast. Maybe well, they just didn't need Hawkeye. There's a reason Hawkeye wears fucking purple, because nobody remember him, otherwise. <laughs> um, and Sebastian Stan as Winter Soldier, because I think he is so mediocre, like so wildly boring. He's <laughs> almost he, put, it, put, it, boring. put it this way. He, what he does is he does quiet, smouldering evil very well, which is great if your character has to quietly smoulder and be evil. Mm. The moment he has to do something else, yeah. you're kind of in a bit of trouble. And I feel like I feel like Winter Soldier's in a place now where he's going to be doing something yeah. else because he's pretty much past all of that. And then also Anthony Mackey. I've only everything that everything else that I've seen him in, I've forgotten about him completely. I've only liked him yeah. in the Marvel stuff. So, like we watched this film on Netflix not long ago, and I can't even remember the title of it. It's like this post-apocalyptic thing where they were trying to get off planet. He was so completely forgettable in it that afterwards, me and Rich were both like, "Who was in that again?" Like, mm, Who, what? <laughs> I mean, I genuinely have a bit of an issue with the Winter Soldier anyway as a character. I think the whole bringing back Bucky and turning him, turning him bad and then him coming out to America, great. thought that was fantastic. Yeah. But then you kind of, you've done everything with him that's worth doing. So kill him off again. But the, uh, yeah. I, 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 I've never really, you know, you've got that kind of whole return and redemption arc. Yeah. And if you, how do you, how do you continue that on? Where do you go with that? Yeah, Where do you go know. with him? You know, and, I'm, and I'll be interesting to see what they do with him because I'm, I'm kind of in agreement with you that whenever he's on the screen, unless he's shooting at the heroes, he's really not grabbing me. And yeah, he's not, me. and the thing is, he's not bad. I don't think he's bad at all. In fact, when he first appears in, I want to say, Civil War. Yeah, well, he was in he's all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, that I thought was a delight. It's like he properly hits it off with Steve and you can immediately see that they're going to be buddies and it's yeah. like, oh. That's really sweet. Mm. And then as soon as he gets a suit, I'm like, what? <laughs> See, no, I, think the, I think the whole Falcon being Captain America stuff has got a lot of interesting stuff behind it. And I yeah. think they can do what will be interesting with a TV series. They can go a little deeper and they can spend a lot more time with it. Mm. In that, we get a little bit more political here again. You've got the image of America being represented by a black man. Yeah. And in current... In the current climate, that's going to be a very interesting, yeah, something very interesting to present. So there's something you can hang on that, and that could be interesting. I mean, it might be that, that people sort of sitting there listening to this going, oh, fuck, can we not keep politics out of it? Well, you know what? Probably politics not. Politics have always been in comics. Exactly. So <laughs> Get out of town with that nonsense. The thing is with the TV series is you have the chance to do that, but that not be what the entire thing's about. Yeah. That it, you can you can riff off that a little bit, and you can go different places, and you can, you get the time to explore it. Whereas if you did that in a movie, that's that all it's movie, about. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. that's why I think there's a there's a benefit for that, and that's why I think there's some there's some mileage in the character. You know, to to, to that respect. But I'm not entirely sure there's mileage in Winter Soldier, and it might be mm. just be my complete you know, ambivalence towards the guy. <laughs> Yeah. Do we know how many episodes these shows are getting? No, I haven't got a clue. I mean, the the presumption will be they'll probably follow the the Netflix model Mm. of, you know, you will do, what is it, 13 episodes? Although some of those dragged a hell of a lot. I really need to catch up on those. I'm so far behind. I haven't haven't watched... No, I don't think I watched any of the Luke Cage. I certainly didn't watch Iron Fist. I watched the first series of Jessica Jones, but not the second. 
which is stupid because I love yeah. the first series of Jessica Jones. Me too. Jones. I, I haven't watched series two of Jessica Jones, and I'm pretty sure didn't didn't another series of that just come out? I think they're doing a third. I think they've announced okay. a third. And that I've, I haven't seen I haven't seen the Punisher, Iron Fist, Defenders. Uh, yeah, no, no. Third Daredevil. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> See, I gave up halfway, <laughs> halfway through, through Luke Cage. Gave up on that. Yeah. I gave up halfway through the fir- the second series of Daredevil because the Punisher thing was just going, and the Punisher just entirely bores me as a character. Oh, anyway. see, I had the opposite problem. I love the Punisher stuff, and I fucking hated Electra. Really? Get out of my face! She's dreadful, <laughs> boring. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. I yeah, me and Rich were both just sort of like, oh, this would be good if it weren't for her. But the thing is that those what I found with the Netflix stuff was it was a six episode series stretched out to 13 yeah definitely you know except there was I think it was the first season of Daredevil I think I thought that was pretty on the money yeah that I don't remember there being a lot of filler in that no but Um, certainly that I found it with the second series I didn't find it so much with Jessica Jones because what I found with that was you've got you're looking at David Tennant as, as that character and that's what kind of drags you and drags you through the rest of the... Isn't he wonderful? Tenant's fantastic. Have you watched Good Omens? Oh, my God. No, I haven't yet. Oh, it's just... But I want to. It's just an utter but delight. But do you know he plays Scrooge McDuck in the new DuckTales? Does he? And he's wonderful. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Oh, my God. It's so good. You, you should really watch... Like, you and Charlie should watch that. Oh, it's, oh yeah. I it's really amazing. They, they actually announced at San Diego Comic Con as well that next season they're bringing in the uh, Tailspin and um, oh, wow. Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Oh, that'll be fantastic. So, <laughs> I am on board. Um, I think we can pretty much skip Eternals because I don't know a fucking thing about it. <laughs> I th- you know, the only thing I know about Eternals was I think Neil Gaiman did a limited series that was mm. based on the Eternals, and I managed to pick it up for next to nothing in one of the sort of like five quid bins or something like that. And I genuinely, and I read it from cover to cover, and I genuinely can't remember a fucking <laughs> thing about it. Well, when we went to see, no, that's a spoiler. I'm, I'm not going to... It's a spoiler for Spider-Man, so okay. I'm going to shut my mm, mouth. Shut <laughs> but basically, yeah, when it, I said to Rich, like, I, he was like, oh, yeah, Eternals is going to happen. And I was like, I don't think I want to ask you what Eternals is because you'll probably mock me for not so knowing. So the thing is, I'm hoping that's a Guardians of the Galaxy moment, which mm. is kind of like, you know... Um, well, I knew anything... I knew very little about Guardians of the Galaxy before Guardians of the Galaxy dropped. Same. You know, and, and it was like, well, this is these people there was are fantastic. A I knew that there was a, yeah, I knew about the Raku. There, there were loads of characters. I'd see a Red Guardian, some Guardians of the Galaxy comics, and there was a dude with a big fin on his head. And it took me three watches before I realised the guy with the big fin on his head was the same guy in the movie because I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> oh, bless you. You know, well, you know, I don't. You still can't, can you? No. <laughs> Yondu. There you go. There you go. But he um, looks completely different in the comics, so I, I riff off the visual. Yeah. And he looked nothing like the dude in the comics. And there's a dude with big yellow fucking wing things in the comics. And he didn't. Apparently he appeared. <laughs> did he? Well, I was going to ask, did anything ever happen with Adam Warlock? After? Well, I was hoping to see Adam Warlock in... um and he got fucked over. Oh. I was really wanting to see Adam Warlock at the end of bloody Endgame. That's what disappointed me. That was one thing that disappointed me in Endgame. Yeah. But there we go. See, yeah, I assumed he would pop up again. He'd be important because yeah. it, it was a while ago that he, yeah, exactly. You know, so we look forward to Eternals only on the basis that <laughs> that it's a Marvel thing. Well, <laughs> no, it, it's something t- new to be introduced to, and sometimes being introduced to it, it via the films 
and then going off and finding out about it is just as good as just picking up a comic and finding out about it. Mm. So we'll see if that if that flies. We've already talked a bit about Shang Chi. Yeah, and how I we mean, yeah. ambivalent towards that too. I, I, yes, <laughs> but only in the fact that I again I genuinely had no fucking idea who Shang Chi no. was. I presume <laughs> he's something to do with the martial arts daredevil side of. Yeah. The Marvel Universe. I don't I don't want to try and say because I feel like because I've read so little of it, I'll fuck it up yeah. and people will get cross with me. But you know, it's it's gonna be ninjas kicking ass, won't yeah. it? Uh WandaVision annoys me because it's called WandaVision. Why is it called WandaVision? <laughs> what? <laughs> what fucking Is it WandaVision or Wanda and the Vision and no. you just can't say is no, it it's called WandaVision. It's WandaVision. Uh, is it who I mean I don't again, I don't know anything about it. Have they casted um, and you're gonna have to help me out here. Uh, the dude who is in Wimbledon and um, Paul Bettany. Paul Bettany. Yeah. And uh, is it Elizabeth Olsen? Yeah. Look at that. I knew stuff. Get you. Um, are they, they going to be in it? I would. I mean, I would assume so. I cannot imagine how they could do it if not. How are they going to bring Vision back? I don't. Again, when's it going to be set? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'd like them as characters. I've always liked the Vision as, char- mm. as a character. Maybe it's just a series of them having romantic romps in Scotland <laughs> prior to Infinity War. Well, I've seen some videos about that. <laughs> <laughs> How have we talked about porn so much today, Hod? You that's literally twice. <laughs> that's that's more than usual. <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, Doctor Strange, right? Okay. The multiverse of madness, multiverse. Yeah, so no, that's that's that that's the word that's making me look forward to Doctor Strange mm. because I'm scared of that. That I, could convolute matters. It could convolute matters. <laughs> it, I didn't hate Doctor Strange by uh, any stretch of the imagination. What are you about to I say? kind of in, I did enjoy Doctor Strange, but Doctor Strange has never been a character I've massively read a great deal of. Mm. So if you ask me to say, right, okay, what's the one Doctor Strange story you must read? I'm like, oh, fucking uh-huh. no. The one where he fights Doctor Doom possibly. That's about and that's literally <laughs> about it. So when I when when I saw the film I had I had little knowledge of the character and the fact that he existed. And it worked quite well, the finger thing weirds me out I love it I think it, it looks great it just weirds me out um, but the whole there's, there's an element I found there's a slight element of overselling that a little bit it looks a little mm. bit overly exaggerated yeah the um I keep I keep sort of having jabs at the kaleidoscope karate yeah. sequences in that film but it is that that film to me was much more at look at what we can do with special effects than it was here's an original yeah. story. Yeah. Because it was pretty much just Iron Man dressed up in a surgeon's outfit. Yeah, he was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. exactly. He's, a, um, he's, a, he's a colossal cock and then he stops being a colossal Yeah, and cock. Then, he, then he goes through a thing yeah. and then he learns some new stuff about himself yeah. and the world around him and he stops being a dickhead yeah. and he starts doing a good yeah. And that's that movie. It's basically, you know... Uh, the, but Tilda Swinton's always a delight. Tilda Swinton's lovely, and I think Benedict Cumberbatch is one of the best actors in the world. <laughs> uh, listeners will not notice that Hoddy's trying to uh, roll up my husband, who's just come back downstairs from doing some work. Who hates Benedict Cumberbatch? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I hope the mic picked up that. Probably didn't. But... <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mean, his, his accent isn't... It's ropey, all there, is it? Yeah. But I, I really enjoyed that movie. To be honest, I thought it was a really fun. Yeah, until like you say, Tilda Swinton could just walk on stage and smile, and I think yeah. she was brilliant. We watched Suspiria the other day, the new oh, version, great. and I was just oh, staring yeah. at her the entire yeah. time, like, oh my god, like she's is she, she an the, alien? Is she a mystical being? Was I don't she in know. the Constantine movie? She was. Yeah, I've not seen it. Oh, and she's 
Well, there's, not a, lot, there's not a lot to recommend it. If you want to watch anything Constantine, watch <laughs> yeah. the TV series. And he's, oh, I loved that. I thought it was great. That and he, he's great. now in um, Legends of Tomorrow, or whatever they're mm. called. So he's in that. And the guy who plays him has got him absolutely down to a T. Keanu Reeves is not Constantine by any stretch of the imagination. But the movie's not that bad, actually. You mm. get away from the fact that they've made him a bloody yank and stuff like that because yeah. he's not um, you know and the, you get him away from all the, all the trappings of that it's not a bad film actually and mm. um, it, it puts one of the one of the better Constantine storylines up on screen with a little bit of yeah they've changed a few things so to make it work visually yeah I, and she's fantastic in that so yeah yeah, yeah she can she could just be in anything frankly <laughs> yeah I'd, I'd be love intrigued. to see her as Doctor Who Sorry for interrupting. Oh my I god! I'd love to see her as Doctor Who. I think she'd make a fantastic Doctor. Me too. I really wanted Hayley Atwell for the Doctor for a really long time. I was kind of on the Olivia Coleman bandwagon. Oh, okay, I can see Olivia that. Olivia Coleman again is another person who can just just walk on screen and fart, and I think she would be wonderful. <laughs> Have you seen the favourite? No, oh no, but I do want to see it. <laughs> Apparently, it's it's. Uh, my mum went to see it and came, oh, and, came, no. and came out and went. Oh, there was a lot of bad language in that. <laughs> and fingering. And fingering. And, so uh, much fingering. Because so, I. This is this is a, my other sort of um, lo- love, not fingering. My other sort of love is uh, fingering. And- I love, yeah, I love historical movies based around the British royal family because I've got mm. a it's not that I'm a royalist or anything like that but I do love the history of the royal family yeah or the history sorry I phrase that the history of the monarchy so mm. it kind which defines a lot of what's happened in this country and you know so much has happened because of it and I've always said that because you know Game of Thrones was a massive thing and the, the Tudors was a big thing as well mm. what you need is Ten seasons and just go from William the Conqueror to present day because the fucking story of that of that crown has got the works. It's got everything, and you would capture people left, right, and centre. So anything that's got part of that around it, I'm yeah. keen to see. So I do want to see it. I think you should, if for no other reason than seeing Rachel Voice dressed up in shooting gear. Oh, because she looks. Hey, nonny, nonny. Beautiful. Yes, well. <laughs> she, she's so She pretty. is, she is very She really is, isn't she? Yeah. Anyway, uh, Doctor Strange, multiverse. Yes, so yeah, I'm intrigued by the idea of the multiverse. Is so it really going to be a multiverse? Well, it's going to be really interesting, I think. Yeah. It really is going to be interesting. And as someone that's always loved sort of like those multiverse type stories, you know, I got into comics because of Crisis on Infinite Earths. Yeah. So, you know, that sort of stuff is just my bag completely mm. so I'm kind of interested in that a great deal so yeah looking forward to that I wonder if they'll do did you ever read 1602 oh no maybe but so it was basically the Marvel Universe set in Elizabethan times I did I cannot remember a thing about no, it right now <laughs> but I'm wondering whether that will sort of they'll go they'll riff on mm. that sort of stuff and some of the some of the other sort of like multiverse like what if yeah. yeah so I'm looking forward to that yeah. actually talking about what if Oh, yeah? Well, let's skip over Loki, because who the fuck cares? <laughs> so many people care about Loki, but not me. Is he, again, he, hasn't he had his arc? This is the thing. I feel like we're done with Loki, and unless we're going to do something wildly out of the box, like, you know how in the comics at the moment, Loki's not the same Loki? Let's what the Loki is in the TV. What's Lo- Rich, come to the microphone. Tell us. Yeah. Apparently we know what Loki's going to be. Oh, what is Loki going to be? The one that escaped in the past that you see in Ah, the right. So, so it's before he dies in Infinity War. Uh, oh, so he's going to be Tom Hiddleston? Yes. 
Oh, but right. it's his adventures based on not what happens you in the film. You can't have anything against Tom Hiddleston. I don't have anything against Tom Hiddleston. He's just overexposed as Loki. Yeah. He is a little bit. Young he's Loki very good as Loki. I would have liked a young good. Loki. Or isn't there one currently who's like getting stalked by like a crazy evil shadow Loki as well or something? No idea. That sounds like fun. Do you need yeah. any more? No. Well, Thanks. I mean, I always need you. <laughs> <laughs> Love you. <laughs> He's so good to me. He knows um, all the stuff. So, um, yeah, we'll be interesting to see. You know, we'll give it a go. Yeah. We'll give it a go. And, and, I, uh, and I like Tom Hiddleston as Loki. You know, it's another character that oh. has, you put him up there and he does his stuff and he makes his smarmy comments and he make, you know, and he, he's, he plays a good Loki. Yeah, I, I really think he does. I think I'm just at this point now where I'm like, we need something else than yeah. Loki. Because I know we've had, a, we've had a, you know, a good handful of Marvel villains, but I don't think many of them have come up to the mm. standard of... You're still Loki waiting for a good doctor at the start. Okay, well, you might get it, mm. but we'll get there. <laughs> hey, what about a bit of a what if? Now, if I am remembering correctly and not just making shit up on the fly, which <laughs> I'll leave that up to you guys to do your googly research, um, I feel like I've heard that this is going to be an animated series you know with I, voice actors from the MCU. You may be right. I would dig the shit out of that. I think that could Can be quite we cool. please get an episode where Peggy is. Captain America. Yes, it is an animated series. So it says, this Disney Plus animated series will bring back all the main actors from the MCU will be back to reprise their roles in the series. When I say every actor, it really is every every actor, all the fan favourite characters. So I kind of had another thought on this, which was, hey, let's try somebody else as Captain America in a what-if thing and see if we can get somebody else to replace Chris Evans as Captain America. Yeah. You know, I thought they were using this as a oh testing ground for I'm new I'm sure I read somewhere that John Cena wanted to do it, and I was like, get to fuck John Cena, you ain't got the chops. <laughs> no, no. He's actually really funny. He's good in comedic roles, but I don't feel like he's got... No, I don't think he's... he's got the muscles, but he ain't it? got the chops. He's not got the range, I think, would be the, um, yeah. <laughs> would be the yeah. term. The gravitas. Um, yeah, he's... Um, <laughs> yeah, no, that's not. That's not. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> but... but I beg your pardon. Statham for Cap. No, you want Statham for everything. He wanted Statham for Doctor Who. Uh, Jason, <laughs> Sta- I want Jason Statham as Captain Midlands. Oh, actually, I would watch the shit out of that. Oh my god, that'd be great. Oh. Have him play a grizzled, you know, old guy from the fifties who's just been pissed at. In yeah. fact, you know what? Have him play the same character. So play him as the same character he played in Snatch. And that's it, just done. Can we have him as Pete Wisdom? <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. <laughs> anyway, to- yeah, totally. I think what me. I think what if he's gonna be a gonna be an interesting one. It might it might fall on its ass, but I I mean the thing the thing about the what if is it's gonna be one of those things where I feel like it's gonna be one or two episodes, little arcs yeah. of what if he stuff. So it's never gonna be something that you're ever gonna wanna stop watching, if that I makes mean, sense. Yeah, I wonder whether some of these because I just started watching Star Trek Discovery after trying a few times and, and realising that it's not a show that you sort of watch by, by having on in the background, if you know what I mean. You know, you've got to sit and actually watch it. Yeah. Um, and I've got really into it. But they do something called Star Trek Shorts with those, which are like short 20-minute bits that just sort of tag onto the side that you can watch. Mm. And I'm wondering whether What If might go down that sort of that sort of route. Yeah. You know, just a few bits and pieces that they'll drop in here and there. Yeah. Be good to see. I'm quite excited about it. 
up next Hawkeye now I'm a bit interested in this despite the fact that earlier I was like Jeremy Renner's crap and so is Hawkeye mm. because Kate Bishop yes. apparently yes and I have heard that and that was the point I was wondering with you knew yeah um, um, I'm excited by that because I do like I do like my Kate Bishop Hawkeye comics see the thing is how do you make a Haw- how do you make Hawkeye an interesting character and you make her you make Hawkeye an interesting character by turning her into a teenage girl yeah <laughs> Some people were speculating that it might be his daughter from because you see him t- in Endgame teaching her to do a archery. That would make sense. It would make sense, but I'd, maybe it'd be fine. I don't know. <laughs> see, I, I'm never one for being so wedded to the comics continuity that it, it bugs me that much. You yeah. know, if it's a, if it's his daughter, did we ever find out what her name was? I don't know, and I mean probably, but I've just forgotten it. Yeah. But also, I feel like because she got dusted, didn't she? So she was gone for yeah. five years. So she hasn't aged. She didn't seem old enough at the start of Endgame mm. to be soon to be. We never know. When, we don't know when it's set, do we? That is true. That is very true. I mean, I I kind of like arrowy, shooty characters. Although Arrow bored the living fuck out of me. I think I like them in comics more than I like them on screen. I think arrows make a lot more suspending your disbelief sense when you're reading a comic mm. than they do when somebody's trying to use them in the middle of a battle and you're like, what are you doing? Clint, yeah, get out yeah, of there. Yes. <laughs> you're absolutely right. I mean, green, green arrow fighting off, you know, dark side. Yeah. Just doesn't I just, work. I think the only time Hawkeye's been interested in the MCU as well was during Endgame where he went off and did his own ending. Yeah. Because he wasn't so much using the arrows and also he was a brutal fuckface. <laughs> I thought, I thought he was, I thought he was great in the first two you know he's got that the way they used him to a certain extent because they realised that you know having him you know he's got arrows and he's fighting against an army is going to be really problematic because you know he's going to be dead in the water in about five minutes when he runs out of bloody arrows mm-hmm. but so they stick him at the top of the building and have him spotting stuff and that thing I think worked quite well yeah what worked quite well in in uh, Age of Ultron was that he was that curmudgeon sort of I don't know what I'm doing here yeah, this is just stupid, but I'm going to do it anyway. They they kind of place him as the right, the heart of the team, if you know what I mean, mm. as the yeah, you know, as the one that grounds them. The quite, everyman, yeah, the everyman. So I think there's a benefit to that. But what, how you get that when you drag him out of that environment and do him by himself? Because it would be very, very boring if they kept him as the Ronin character. I think. Yeah, well, I don't think he can really do that post end game either, mm. because now he's got his family to think of again. He can't really go around trying to do a murders on everyone because well, he'll put himself in a situation where he's probably going to die I think I think <laughs> what would make that good is and where the Marvel Universe has done this very well is by appreciating the inherent ludicrousness of superheroes mm. and just running with it so the inherent ludicrousness of a guy joining a superhero team whose superpower is he can shoot a bow and arrow <laughs> Granted, he does it very well, but, you know, that's essentially what he can do. Just revel in the ludicrousness of that and really enjoy it. That's what the Green Lantern movie didn't do very well. It didn't revel in the in the, in the bizarreness of space cops. Yeah. You know, and it should have done. So, that none of these don't not interest me, <laughs> um, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. Hawkeye is the one, because that's a TV series as well. Hawkeye yeah. is the one that I think is from the TV series side, is interesting me the most. Well, I was going to say, because I'm assuming that once Disney Plus launches and they start doing all these TV shows, that we're not going to get any more 
Disney-led Jessica Jones's or... Well, no, they've all been cancelled, haven't they? Netflix have cancelled. Yeah, they're basically... Yeah, they are all now going to be done. Yeah. Which... I would say it's a shame, but I'm so far behind. How would I know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the only thing is, I mean, it's Disney Plus, and there's going to be some stuff on there that I want to watch, so it's yet another fucking thing I've got to subscribe to. Well, the okay, I'll rephrase that. It. It's another thing that my son will insist I subscribe to so he can get hold of this stuff. Yeah. But, you know, they're pulling so much stuff off Netflix now based on what used to be kind of there. So mm. we wait to see what, what appears on it. I mean, it's going to be another streaming service, so. Yeah. So, all right. Yeah. Well, a bit of a thaw. Right. <laughs> this is where I probably have to move my chair a little bit away from you. Are we getting some hod rants? Um, I didn't like Ragnarok. Okay. I don't mind that because I Ragnarok is wildly different to the first two yeah. Thors. So I can accept that if you enjoyed the first two, that that one would be like, what am well, I watching? I didn't massively enjoy the first two so much. It was what, what struck me about Ragnarok was that... I'm watching it and I'm enjoying it. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I'm enjoying what I'm seeing and it's funny and everything. And halfway through, I suddenly went because I hadn't read anything about it. Um, I, you know, I was another one who was way behind and I only got to see it on DVD. I was I was watching it and going, I wonder how much of this they did on improv. And then it suddenly went. I suddenly was watching it going, I'm watching them basically just improv the whole thing here, aren't I? <laughs> this is like watching an episode of Whose Line Is It Anyway. And they're all going, oh, oh, I can come in here with a funny, I can come in here with a funny. And they seem to be falling over themselves to make the next gag. And it didn't, it, it seemed too spontaneous and too off the cuff. And that, that kind of just dragged me right out of the movie. And I couldn't enjoy it after I had that sort of, um, you know, epiphany with, about it. Um, See, I can totally understand what you're saying. But for me, I just found it ludicrously funny. And because I'd found Thor... I mean, the, the second one to me was borderline unwatchable. Yeah, we've it was been, bad. It was, doing, I didn't um, enjoy it. We've been doing a rewatch of the Marvel movies at the moment, mm. and I think we're just up to Doctor Strange, maybe. But we, we got to the Dark World, and we were both like, I don't want to put this on. Yeah. But we've got to, because it's actually important for Endgame now. <laughs> like, I much prefer Thor in the... Avengers movies. Yeah, I think the problem was is that that Ragnarok really leaned into the couple of moments of comedy he had from the Avengers yeah. and went, we're just going to make him full on exactly. silly now. But that's why I liked Endgame quite a lot because it it did really well at showing both sides to yes, Thor, like the did. serious and the Absolutely. comedic sides. Yeah. Like I thought that was a really good balance. Yeah. I am all aboard the Taika Waititi train. I love him. Yeah, I'm... Uh, I love Korg. Yeah. I won't have a bad word said about Korg. No, I, I don't care that he was playing Fortnite. In <laughs> I don't care. I would watch him floss. I don't care. But um, yeah, I'm I'm so on board with that. My, I don't want to say concern because it's like I'm not worrying about it. I'm not going to be like up tonight thinking, mm. oh God, what about this Thor though? But the thing that I'm, the thing that I'm wary of is they've announced that Natalie Portman's going to be getting getting her Thor powers on. Yeah. Which I am all for because she has, she's been very hit and miss, but I think if she's directed well, which Taika Waititi will do, Mm -hmm. I think it'll be fine. I think the difficulty will be in writing it, they need to make sure that this isn't another story where Thor feels unworthy and that she's got the powers and that's a side story. I feel like they really need to embrace both of them having powers or make it a film about her. Yeah. (laughs) I I don't think we need to see Thor moping again that he hasn't got me in here 
because because yeah. he's got Stormbreaker now anyway, so it doesn't even fucking matter. But like, I don't need to see another film where Thor's like, I'm not worthy of the powers. I don't know what. It's kind of been done, hasn't it? Yeah, it's yeah. kind of been done. And I, the thing is, I quite like the for want of a better phrase, the the Shakespearean Thor. You know, with that sort of tone and meter in his voice and that yeah. way of talking, mm. that when he became Dubro Thor in Ragnarok, <laughs> kind of was it, it. Again, it took me out of it. But going into the, the, this new movie, it's it's going to be an interesting contrast to see how they're going to manage, like you say, Natalie Portman's characters, Jane Foster, Jane Foster, yeah, yeah, having the powers and him not. Mm. Or them both having the powers and where they're going to go. It's just, it genuinely it's just going to be interesting. Yeah. And, you know, this despite is the first my reservation, yeah, maybe going going into this new movie knowing that it's going to be, you know, the same guy directing it and it's going to be that sort of stuff, I'm going to go, right, okay, well, I'm on board for that because I know what I'm getting. For it now, yeah. um, you know, we'll wait and see, basically. And yeah. Thor's always been one of my favourite characters out of the whole MCU anyway. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I see. I. <sighs> Yeah, I don't know. The first two Thor films, I found him to be fine. And I don't know whether a little bit of that was just because I think he's really fit. <laughs> uh, and I was like, well, I'll spend two hours looking at Chris Hemsworth. That'll do. Have you seen um, Rush? No. Right. Do yourself a favour and go and watch Rush. Because it was. it is... Out of the films I've seen him in, and I, so I'm caveating that if somebody comes around and says, well, why, you, why didn't you mention this? Because he's brilliant. Out of the films I've seen him in, Rush is... is Best performance by far. Mm. I sat and watched it with my old man. You know, not long after it came out, and I got it. I got it on DVD. And we sat and watched it because because he remembers. Because you know what it's about. No. So uh, Rush is about the Formula One championship in the nineteen seventies or something like that. Seventy six, I think it is. Um, Chris Hemsworth plays a, ca- a guy called James Hunt, mm-hmm. who's basically was a playboy who could drive cars very fast. And his main rival was a guy called Mickey Lauder, mm. who was just, you know, ice cool. Never went crazy, just drove very, very fast, but in a very sort of like methodical way. And it's the camaraderie between them and the championship. But what makes it is halfway through the championship, Lauder crashes. This actually, this is real story. Lauder crashes. His car bursts into flames. Um, he's got massive burns all over his body. He's taken to a hospital. He's given the last rites, but survives. And he's back racing within something like 40 days. Crikey. And it's the battle for the championship between him and Hunt after that accident. Mild man, like I said, was watching it. So he remembers all this. And he watched um, Chris Hemsworth, who obviously plays James Hunt, and Daniel Brawl, I think it is. Is that his name? No idea. He was in, he was the bad guy in Age of Ultron. The dude who set everything up. Mm. Was it Age of Ultron or Winter Soldier? Civil War. Civil War, sorry. <laughs> Civil War. He's the bad guy in Civil War. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And he plays Nicky Lauder. And Dad was watching it and he went, that's uncanny. They are uncannily like their, the actual characters. So I can highly recommend Rush. It's also got um, Natalie Dormer in the nod. So, you know, what else is to recommend it? <laughs> I was going to have a go at you then for being objective, but then I thought, like, for objectifying women, and then I thought, I've literally just gone, well, Thor's good because Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, you go. <laughs> so, he's, I mean, he's not in the nod in here, but yeah. he just gets his top off. So, um, so yeah, excellent. But um, anyway, where were we? We were, um, talking about, we, were talk, oh, we were talking about how I think Thor's a bit boring. I think that's, I think, yeah, I've never really liked him in the comics either. 
So I, I quite liked it when they brought in the humour because I was like, well, at least I can laugh at this yeah. and enjoy everything else because I thought Tessa Thompson yeah, I, was wonderful. Again, I never had a, um, I never really got interested in Thor in the comics, but Thor in the MCU is is one hundred percent entirely down to Chris Hemsworth's performance, which is which is fantastic. And whether he plays him as um, arrogant titty prince at the start or mopey, I can't get anything right, or then you know actually. This is a guy who can be king. His entrance in Infinity War made me do a genuine like, wah, when I was in I, the love, I, love, I love his like, entrance in the first Thor movie when he's just walking along and you know throwing throwing Anya up and sort of like pointing at people. You know <laughs> that's because you contrast that with the character as he finishes and you can see the guy's gone on a proper journey. Yeah. So um, there's one bit and I have to point it out even though it's completely insignificant because I absolutely love it and apparently it was improv by Chris Hemsworth in I think I think it's in the dark world when they go over to um, oh god what's the name of the professor guy that Natalie Portman was working oh, with and he goes uh, Eric, and Lally and Eric he never wears Fens or Svelton or something like that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Selvig. Selvig, that's it. There we go. Um, when he goes over to his house and he hangs Mjolnir yeah. on the yeah. coat rack. Like, it's the most adorable <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. And apparently he just did that because he saw the coat rack there and he thought it would be funny. Yeah. <laughs> that's so really adorable. That, that's that been the benefit of the MCU is they've brought in these, these, these actors who absolutely embody the characters. Mm. And looking at the whole of the Phase 4 stuff, I don't think they've had a massive fuck-up in their casting. Oh, no, I was talking about this before with Jenny and Lee, I think, when we did our Captain Marvel yeah. um, thing, where I was saying that I think, to me, really, the only one who I would question would be Sebastian Stan, but I don't know who you would replace no. him with. I don't know who else you would No, you just got. need moody-looking... Yeah, just ah, slightly, yeah. slightly grumpy-looking... All his acting guy. is in his eyes, isn't it? Mm. You know, and he, he does it... What he does, he does very well. Yeah. But, you know, then when you take the mask off and he has to do a little bit more... Not, <laughs> Actual acting. The, well, the, quest, the thing is, like I've already said with The Winter Soldier, you know, these these all these actors have really done well to embody their characters, but there's really little character in The Winter Soldier anyway, so... Yeah. You know, he's got, he's got a hard old job, that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you've got... Paul Rudd as um, as Ant Man. Oh, what a delight! Yeah, exactly. You know, so they're they're all they've, they've done. That's been the success of the Marvel universe mm. for me. Is that they their casting has been almost universally spot on, and yeah. so I have a very good feeling about a lot of the stuff that they're going to mm. do here. Even if I'm kind of ambivalent about it now. Once I start seeing the trailers, I'm probably going to let them, let them, yeah, get a lot more excited. Have we heard any casting news for Fantastic Four yet? No. Okay. And do we know if that's going to be a movie or a TV? Uh, do we know anything about it? It's, it's just, just been announced. Okay. I don't think you can have a Marvel Universe without a Fantastic Four movie. I'm really interested in this because... I want I want them to win me over with it. I've never liked the Fantastic Four. Have you Force not? In films or comics. I think I had a similar conversation about the X-Men the other day with um, Bryony on Wine and Zine podcast. Mm. In the, um, the reason I don't like the X-Men is because almost all of their stories revolve around them going, oh, we're so different and I'm so upset about it. And oh, now I can't control my parent. <laughs> and that's why Dark Phoenix sucked because it was just an hour, two hours of fucking... What's the chop? Sophie Turner going, I can't control this power. I'm, everyone I love's going to die. And everybody else going, chill out, bab. Yeah. Just, just chill <laughs> if out. If you calm down, um, it will happen. And it, like with the Fantastic Four, I've always found that that's... Aside from, I love when Johnny is with Spider-Man. 
Yeah. When Johnny Storm is with Spider-Man, it's like some of the best things ever. And if they can get Tom Holland with anyone yeah. who's as good as he is at like the quips and the funny and also the slightly awkward, yeah. I will absolutely adore the shit out of that. But I don't care about the rest of the family. And I never have and I can't figure out... It's, I feel I mean, like it's all the same stories with the, them. The weird thing is that the, some of the best Fantastic Four, for me, are the ones that are more, the more difficult to read because, God bless him, I can't get on with Stanley's writing. <laughs> Can anyone really? At all. I mean, but I think that's it's, not... It's that, bananas. Yeah, it's, 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 that's not Stanley's fault. It's just the way that comics were written then. Mm. Because you look at a lot of American writers at the time, and that's just the way they wrote comics, and that's fine. But from somebody that's read comics, and more importantly read British comics from a very young age where dialogue was just as important as art and um, and, and the plotting. Stanley, plotting-wise, very few people to touch him. Absolutely astonishing. The sort of ideas that came out of his head, brilliant. Then when you've got to put words in people's mouths <laughs> is when it starts falling apart. Mm. But where British comics, they paid, you know, especially once you start getting into the late 70s, early 80s they started doing a lot more with um with dialogue much better stuff much more natural stuff especially mm. natural in the, in the context of the character so i find it very difficult to read stanley but those first 90 odd issues of fantastic four just explode with thoughts and stuff and then some of those stuff is utterly incredible so when you take that those concepts but stick it in the hands of somebody that can can utilise that and then bring some sort of some more modern sophistication behind mm. it. They come out really well. Yeah. So um, you know, if you you can look at something like Marvels, which one of the issues was centred around the fact that Galactus comes to Earth, mm. and it's brilliant and it's so good because you kind of stood back from it. But with the with the characters of the Fantastic Four themselves, you've I think you've got to you've got to riff on the family concept of it because that's mm. what it's always done that you've got these four characters who all need each other to do to, to be able to you know, feed off one another. Mm-hmm. The first two movies I kind of enjoyed actually. I didn't hate them, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say I, I liked no. them that much. Um, <laughs> they're not no, the worst. They're not the worst. I, don't, I, don't, I think they did the characters a disservice is the problem. I think they got Johnny quite quite well, although it I was don't, a bit too much of a dickhead I yeah, thought. He, 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 he looked too old. I think you've got to have Johnny as kind of a 19-year-old character. Yeah. And Chris Chris Evans was sort of like pushing 30, I think, at the time. Mm. And don't have Jessica Alba as... as well, I was going to say, my, my problem with, the, with them was that I thought the only one who I actually enjoyed when he was on screen was... Ben, yeah, oh, yeah, thing. yeah. Um, it's Michael Chiklis, I think so. Yeah. yeah, because I just kept forgetting entirely about anything yeah. that that Mister Fantastic and yeah. Invisible Woman were up to because I was so dull. And they, they, theirs was a relationship I could not buy. No, they you, didn't seem to even like each other really. You've, you've got to, you've <laughs> got to have, I think, Susan Storm as a very the way she's worked out best. I think is been when she's kind of a very. This is going to sound. Sober, a motherly sort of character. She's the glue that holds that team together, mm. both power wise and you know uh, soul wise. She's yeah. she's the one that they they look up to. She's the one that they they don't want to disappoint. Mm. If that makes sense, yeah, yeah. You know, so you've got to get that right. And Jessica Alba, bless her, didn't quite manage to. I don't carry think that the writing off. did either. Though, no, did not it? really. So that didn't help. But the thing with Reed is, you've got to have Reed 
Reed's got to have a bit of an edge in that he's almost amoral in some of the things he does. Mm. Not for why he does them, but for why, he, you know, why he, the way he goes about it. Yeah. Um, I think the other thing with him as well in the movies is I never believed he was the smartest one in the room. No. And you absolutely should. Unless he's in a room with Tony Stark, then maybe. Yeah. But I, I literally never believed once that he was the smartest man in that room. No, but what all. you don't want to do is you don't want to go off sort of like... Um, Without wishing to rile Richard up, you don't want to go off in a Benedict Cumberbatch Sherlock sort of manner because he's not—he's not sociopathic. Yeah, he's—you know—he's just—it's—it's it's hard to describe. I think the best way of looking at it, and I don't know if you've read it, is: Have you ever read a comic called The Illuminati? Oh, I tried to. I gave up because I, I think that like. that showed those characters in the Marvel universe in that absolutely their best light, not in terms of a moral crusade, but in the best of. This is the essence of the characters who they are. You, with mm. Black Panther, Doctor Strange, and Reed Richards especially, was basically there going, you're all fucking nuts. <laughs> and you're not doing this because I say you're not doing it. Or we are doing this because I say we're doing it because I'm smarter than any of you, but I need you to, to back my corner. And that, I, that worked really well. And if you have an element of that, if you have some of an edge to Reed Richards rather than the daddy character... Mm. Um, I think that could quite work. I've always loved the Fantastic Four. I've never really got. I've never really read a lot of stuff. I read a lot of the John Byrne stuff from the eighties, which is really damn good. Um, I read it when Alan Davis and I'm gonna say Kurt Busiek was writing it, but I might be wrong in that. I think I might have read more Franklin Richards comics yeah. than I've read. Oh, those are lovely. Fantastic. Are they adorable? Yeah, they are lovely. <laughs> they are lovely. I wonder if they'll have Franklin in. Because I kind yeah. of like them as this ready-made family unit. But yeah. We wait and see with Fantastic Four. I mean, it was obvious they were going to come back the moment they got the... Um, who do they belong to? Was it Fox? I think it was, yeah. Once they got the Fox deal. And you can't, you kind of need a Marvel Universe to have the Fantastic Four group in them because they present a completely different dynamic to mm. the X-Men and they present a completely different dynamic to the Avengers. And it'll be interesting to see how that they, they do with yeah. that. So I'm, that, out of them all, I think Fantastic I'm... Four is the one that I'm most most looking forward to because because they so deserve to be done well yeah. I'm definitely intrigued by it because like I say I want to be won over by that but I think yeah. the one I'm actually the most excited about looking at the list as it currently is is Blaze yeah <laughs> yeah um, because I think um, I think the guy whose name I can't pronounce and I'm really sorry that I can't that's I'm not even really awful try. of me no I'm not even um, going to try but he was I believe he was actually in Luke Cage was it yeah I want to say yeah. Mahershala Ali, which says... There you go. Uh, was he in Luke Cage, Rich? There you go, play Cottonmouth. Ah. There we go. Um, <laughs> I think he's wonderful. Was he in Alita Battle Angel, or am I misremembering shit? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. yeah I watched ah. I watched Alita Battle Angel not long ago, and I didn't like the movie very much, but I liked him an awful lot in it. I think he has definitely got the badassery and the smouldering and the yeah. brood. I, the, I, I don't know about the fightiness because mm. I've never seen him do a fight. Oh, yeah. They could, they've got but they can win yeah, things yeah, with yeah, that exactly, now, can't yeah. they? So I think, I think that'll be fine. I think it'll be interesting because I actually still genuinely enjoy the the, the Wesley Snipes 
Blade movies. Well, was good. that's what like... I was. That would be the only thing I'd say about that. With the with the fact that you you look at you look at the the stuff they've announced, and Blade sort of kind of springs out. As, yeah, that's mm. going to be great. And then you go, but they've done them with Wesley Snipes. Do you, you know where do you, do you really want to go over that again? But then again, they've done Spider Man three different fucking times in less in, less in, time. In, than yeah. That. yeah so. And to be fair, I think we've we've hit the we've hit the peak with Spider Man. Oh, with, with Tom, Tom Holland's Holland. just he's he's, he's perfect. He gets it. He absolutely, absolutely gets perfect. it completely. Because I was saying this uh, to somebody the other day that I. I think that Tobey Maguire was a great Peter Parker, not a great Spider-Man. Yeah, agree. Andrew Garfield was a great Spider-Man, not a very good Peter, Peter Parker, Parker, not a believable yeah. loser at all. Tom Holland, perfect. They've, they've, <laughs> Tom Holland gets his earnestness. Yeah. And this is somebody who um, has a raging ambivalence about Spider-Man. Oh, my God. See, I love Spider-Man anyway. Like, I would I would actually... like. Yeah, I think I would rate him as like, one in my top five. Really? If not my top two. Really? comic characters I think he's wonderful which is is weird because I have the same ambivalence and lack of interest about Captain Marvel not the Marvel Captain Marvel yeah I'm not going to call him Shazam because he's always been Captain Marvel as far as I'm concerned that's my rant that's my rant for the episode Um, so I have a raging ambivalence about Captain Marvel but the Shazam movie was fantastic Mm. and Tom uh, Holland as Spider-Man has been fantastic and they've made me like the characters so much that I've started to go back and read stuff that I've always either given off on or dismissed so I cannot give enough enough props to everybody involved with with those two films for doing that Uh, yeah I absolutely adore him because I think his little sequence during the battle at the end of Endgame is one of the ones that yeah. really like fully so- like I mean I was sold anyway from Homecoming but that to me just totally epitomised Peter Parker in the sense that he's just always wanting to be doing the nice kind and responsible yeah. thing and sometimes he just fucks it he up he just right? fucks it up yeah yeah. <laughs> but he but he never loses his yeah that's what that's what I got like, with, with Tommy Maguire was the was the sulky aspect of it mm. and I don't I've never Spider-Man's never struck me as being sulky he's never he, he never bitches about his lot mm. he just worries about his lot if that makes if yeah. that makes sense oh yeah it's definitely a weight that's on his shoulders yeah. rather than a thing that's on his mind if that makes any sort of sense yeah <laughs> but he, and he still but he still goes out there and does it and he still does it with earnestness and that's mm. what that's what Tom Holland's got yes so anyway. yes um, wonderful, we've, wonderful. we've waffled on for like an hour and a half mm-hmm. purely about phase four uh, <laughs> so was there anything else you wanted to do a little well, talk about do a little review of I was I was just going to say Guardians of the Galaxy 3 great yes up for that on as board. always yeah of course um, there's talk about um, well Captain Marvel 2 yep. it was always going to happen wasn't okay. it yeah. <laughs> aren't we all and for somebody who had no idea who Brie Larson is liking really? her, her work oh the only gosh. actually tell her like did she do one of the voices in Inside Out mm. I've got a feeling she did the voice of Joy in Inside Out no that was um, Amy Poehler I think was it uh, uh, completely wrong with Brie Larson was in Scott Pilgrim versus the World oh yeah no I have which I love yeah, it took me took me about five years to love it, but I love it now. Yeah, oh, I, I was instantly in love with that film. Funnily enough, that film came out when I'd just been laid off from a job, so I went to see it by myself at the cinema. And I was literally the only person in the cinema at like midday on a Tuesday or something, and then I got off of my job back later that week. <laughs> it's a pretty good week. That. Probably a message in that somewhere. <laughs> um, mutants. I don't know if I care about. I'll be honest. Well, the X Men were always going to come back into the Marvel universe. But they um, have to. Well, as long as they just don't focus on Wolverine, who's possibly the dullest character out of the oh, X-Men. But see, I don't, I don't think you can blame what's going on with the X-Men on Wolverine now, because A, Logan was fucking phenomenal. 
absolutely phenomenal. Logan was good. And B, all the X-Men movies that have been fairly recent that haven't featured Lo- uh, Wolverine, Logan, Hugh Jackman have been dross. <laughs> I've rather enjoyed I've not seen Dark Phoenix yet, but I've rather enjoyed them. It's, it's because I kind of like the peripheral characters in the mm. X-Men. I like, and Nightcrawler's my favourite X-Men. Nightcrawler gets a fair bit of play in uh, Dumb Penis. Does it? Dark Phoenix. Dumb Penis. That's what like Rich that. called it. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was his review yeah. on Letterboxd, I think, Dumb Penis. Um. <laughs> I t- I mean, I'll tell you why I kind of like the peripheral X-Men rather than mm. the main characters is because X-Men was the first superhero proper international team than because mm. all the Justice League were, were Americans mm. you know and you know, all of the Avengers were Americans mostly you know a few mm. of them were but the X-Men weren't there's a dude from Russia there's a dude from Germany there's a dude from Ireland who you know has a really really bad accent there's a dude from <laughs> Japan you know mm. and, and I liked that aspect of it I, I liked the fact it wasn't American centric and that's mm. why I've kind of always liked the X-Men not necessarily the you know Oh, look at this, and we might come up with a very, very clever civil war analogy. You know, um, sorry, not civil war, sort of like a cultural war analogy. Mm. You know, eh, not so fussed about that, but I do like the whole international flavour of the team. Yeah, I'll give it, I'll, yeah, I'll give it that. I, I don't know, I just feel like I want to see something more from the X-Men other than whininess. Yeah. I feel like all we've really had is whininess. Yeah. And I'm done with that now, I just want to see you being... I don't think there's any really major stories that they haven't really done. I mean, there probably is. I've never mm. been a big, big sort of like comic X Men fan, especially in the yeah. 80s and 90s where they no, got. No, I haven't. I haven't read a lot of shit artists. <laughs> I haven't. I've, I haven't read a lot of X Men. Uh, I did used to read Iceman for a mm. while, and then it got cancelled. And then I didn't know it came back. And then I haven't <laughs> caught up on it. <laughs> Sorry, Cena Grace. <laughs> I love you, but I did not know that was happening. But he, he again, he's another one for me who's a bit, he's a bit funny and he's, yeah. like, you know, he's, it's that kind of character that I can enjoy. Yeah, the, 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 the show has not really done him a very good, uh, sorry, not the show, the, the, the film series has never, not really done Iceman. I don't think, I don't justice, think the film series really. has done anybody justice really except Wolverine. Yeah. And if you don't like Wolverine, you're a bit screwed. You're kind of screwed, yeah. Yeah. They've not done Cyclops <laughs> justice at all. I hate Cyclops anyway. Yeah. He's the world's most boring man. Oh, he is a bit dull. And all and oh yeah, oh god, take his glasses off. He's they fucking to, useless. They, they need to kind of get more into the Grant Morrison stuff because that stuff was quite good. Oh, I've not read any of it, but I think I think X Men's just not for me to be no, honest. Well, that's true no, well, So other than that, Black Panther two. That's the only thing. The other thing. Well, again, that was always again, that was always going to come along, and Black Panther was great. And phenomenal. you know what? I've said that about Shazam, and I've said it about Spider Man, and I'll say it about Black Panther. I had absolutely no interest in Same. Black Panther. Prior to the movie, and in I fact, it was great. I had an active dislike Did for Black Panther before them, but I find him to he's one of these characters to me who is just it's too much about the politics of the place he's in mm. than it is about him as a character or the actions that he's doing. Yeah, so it's all about like we've got to talk, we've got to sit down and have a long meeting about how this will affect Wakanda. And I'm like, that's not what I want to read. Mm. When I'm picking up a superhero comic, I want some superhero badassery. I don't want like 27 pages of an argument about whether something is good for Wakanda or not. Yeah. Like, and I've always found that it's been too, I don't want to say too political because comics are mm. like that's, they always have been. But I mean political in the sense that it's literally yes. the minutiae yeah. of running a country. I don't care. No. <laughs> I don't care. But, Whereas but, that film, it gave him a much richer world. Yeah. He was wonderful. Shuri was. Uh, 
brilliant. Mm. I've forgotten the name of the character she played, but the bird from Walking Dead was great. Yes. Um, everybody in it was really yeah. good. It was really good. It was really well written, and it, it told a, it told a really good story. One of the better Marvel villains as well, I think. He yes. had better motivations for what he was doing than a lot of other yeah. Marvel villains. Yeah. And it but, just, it, you know, frankly, Africa's just an interesting place. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So, yeah, it's... I, I'm looking forward to that, and and like I said, props to them because they've made me care about a character that I had genuinely yeah. no interest in. Same. Before. I mean, I still will not read a Black Panther comic. Christopher <laughs> Priest stuff is apparently very, very good. Mm. Is what I've heard. I do need to try and get hold of that at some point um, and give it a go because you know I'm always open to try new things, whether yeah. it flies or not for me, whatever. But apparently, the Christopher Priest stuff is the stuff to go looking for, mm. and he was a good writer anyway. So. But other than that, is that all the Phase 4 That's stuff done? That's all the Phase 4 stuff, I think. I mean, it's not like they're doing... Can they not put a bit more out there? <laughs> I mean... Left us a bit light, haven't they? I mean, the only problem I have with them releasing stuff like this is I can't help but think to myself, like, what if I died before the <laughs> end of this? And I know all this stuff's coming and I'm going to miss it and I'm going to die now and I'm going to miss it. Did we see anything from the Warner Brothers stable at, at, at San Diego? I mean, probably, but who cares? <laughs> <laughs> There's got to have been something, but to be honest, I think all of my timeline on Twitter was Phase Four and Picard. Everybody was all over. Oh yeah, Picard. Picard. Now that I see, you know, you're not, you don't do the track, do you? I mean, I've seen the J.J. Abrams movies, and I thought they, I enjoyed them all. I Mm. wouldn't say I was a fan in the sense of like I have to see the next one. I'm going to rewatch those loads of times, but I enjoyed them well enough. Mm. I'll watch them if they're on the telly, and I've got nothing better to do. Cool. So I think what you need to do is you need you need somebody um, to give you if you if you have an interest in watching the Picard because I mean it's Patrick Stewart who's just Patrick Stewart wonderful. being absolutely what a, what a brilliant bloke <laughs> and he does play Picard very well mm. so what you need is somebody to say right okay here's five episodes of Picard doing Picard stuff and then go and see the trailer mm-hmm. so I might do that for you I might send you five have you got Netflix. Yeah. So I think Next Gen is on Netflix. So okay. I'll send you. I'll send you the five best card episodes. <laughs> and yeah, because because some of them are really good. And I got I got quite excited about Picard because um, Star Trek's been lacking for very long time. Um, I do enjoy the JJ Abraham stuff, but Chris Pine is no William Shatner. <laughs> Chris, Chris Pine is another one of those. Um, Beautiful but forgettable men yes. for me. I feel like you could replace him in almost any movie yep. he's been in with any other. Yeah, blonde. I mean, Zachary Quinto is man. is a phenomenal Spock. He's good. He's, he's very, very good, good at Spock. Yeah. And Carl Urban is a very good Doctor McCoy. But then Carl Urban, anything he appears in, Carl Urban is. How do you is, feel about Simon Pegg? Uh, yeah, no, he's not. Um, no. He's not Montgomery Scott. At all. I mean, I don't even know the character, but I yeah. think I think I know Simon Pegg too yeah. well. And I'm not. That's yeah. an accent, and that's he's, not. <laughs> he's, the thing. The thing about Scotty was he was he wasn't so overtly humorous like that. He was humorous, but he wasn't sort of like a, you know, wasn't a drunk Glaswegian. Mm. So I'm, I, I never really got on board. The fact that Simon Pegg was in it, I was like, more Simon Pegg. We can't get enough of that. If I can get Nick Frost in it as well, it'd be even better. <laughs> But I did, yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not enjoy. I didn't enjoy his take on take mm. on Scotty. I enjoyed the guy who played Sulu. I think he was great. I loved the guy who played Chekhov, and yeah, 
the the fact that he was so tragically killed is is oh Antonio yeah, yeah. is is it was terrible um so generally I think they hit and um oh Jesus who plays her that's going to drive me insane Zoe Seldon that's okay yeah um, <laughs> who's now in like the top two best exactly, grossing exactly. movies in history I knew ever. exactly what I was on thinking <laughs> Jesus I can't remember her name I'm hopeless <laughs> I'm genuinely hopeless with, with, with actors names um, <laughs> I'm not usually good I'm feeling so quite superior you, right you, now you, I've got to say. I think, <laughs> Yeah. I've remembered like Gen- three whole things. We have your bottle of Stella's doing a better job than me. I'm all the actors on. But they've, they're, they're, again, they've they've hit the notes for for in casting. The one they missed, unfortunately, where I for me was that was the captain. So, but I enjoyed them. The ship's the wrong shape. Sorry, but it was, <laughs> the ship's the wrong fucking shape. It doesn't look like that. It's just the warp engines and the sauce. Okay. I'm, breathe. Yeah, I'm gonna No breathe. ranting today. No ranting today. Um, <laughs> so so there's you know, um there's been a dearth of really good Star Trek for probably going on ten years now. Discovery is alright and I'm enjoying watching what I've watched of that. Um I'm not quite caught up with it yet. So I'm looking forward to the fact they're gonna try and do something with Picard. Mm. What they do about a eighty year old man after he's quit Starfleet or whatever the trailer seems to imply. I'm not entirely sure, but let's wait and see. But what, for me, again, and we talked about this a little bit earlier, is, you know, Picard's story kind of ended after the uh, TV series and the movies that they did. And sometimes I quite like that idea of finding out what happened next. Mm. You know, that sort of pushes that button and you go back and visit all the people that you used to know and where they're at sort of 30 years hence and, and so on and so forth. So that part of it, I'm kind of looking forward to. You can't wallow in that though. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how, what, how they, what they used to hook it up. So yeah, I'm, I'm in for that because mm. it's Patrick well, Stewart. I mean, everybody I know that likes Star Trek that has seen that trailer has been absolutely raving about yeah. it, about it so it looks like it's yeah it's either going to be amazing or it's going to really disappoint well I, mean, <laughs> I, I think patrick stewart's got to the point now where he can pick and choose what he wants to do and i don't yeah. think he'd come back and do something with such an iconic character unless it had something behind it and mm. so you know you sort of look to that to to, to hang your hopes on although the amount of people that got the knickers in a twist about The Last Jedi and the new Star Wars movies oh mate don't get me started on that <laughs> I actually think The Last Jedi is brilliant The Last Jedi is fantastic it's an amazing film yeah. I loved it <laughs> and I'm not that like I'm I don't know if that's the best thing for me to say because I'm not a big fan of Star Wars so those mm. people would usually argue with me well what do you know if you're not a huge fan of well, Star Wars well I am a huge fan of Star but Wars but I have seen mm. all the movies yeah. and I think it was very in keeping actually with that universe and everything yeah. I think it worked. I think it worked brilliantly. And you know, it's it, frankly, I'm, I'm not a fan of the argument of why well, you've not seen the films or you didn't weren't there to watch the films. Whether you've been watching them for fifty years or five minutes, frankly, you're as big a fan as each other. But what I liked about the Last Jedi was that it it broke out of the cycle of oh the bad guys and the good guys and they're going and they blow up the big thing. Mm. You know, yeah, because I, I will agree. As much as I absolutely loved. Force Awakens. I will agree that it is it pretty a, much just a new hope again. It was it was lovely. <laughs> it was fantastic. And I enjoyed it just as much as when I saw it in the cinema 30 years ago. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's great. But I like the way that he basically spun it off and did stuff that you weren't expecting. Now, I was going to say it doesn't have its problems. There's some real pacing problems in Last yeah. Jedi. There's some properly proper pacing problems. And there's some interesting decisions about the way they, you know, the way, the way they take characters and why. 
But on the whole, it was great. The mm. worst, I'll tell you what, the worst argument I've heard against The Last Jedi was, and I quote, that it's bad because every decision that was made by a man was shown up to be flawed, wrong and failed. Oh, yeah, I I also read that argument. Yeah. And uh, to that I say, pa. Well, to that I say, have you watched Empire Strikes Back? Because exactly <laughs> the same thing happens in that movie, mm. and that's the one you hold up as the fucking holy grail of the whole, of the, the entire thing. You know, every decision Han makes in Empire goes wrong. Every decision that Luke makes in Empire goes wrong. Mm. Every decision that Vader makes in Empire goes wrong. You know, so no, it's a shit argument, and it always shut was a shit argument. So we'll <laughs> shut up. This. Yeah. Um, so what? Else? So the other thing that I was going to mention that has dropped recently is. Riffing on that whole what happened next is the new Top Gun trailer. Oh, yeah. Now, I will be completely honest about this. I think I've seen Top Gun a whole once, and it was many, many moons ago. Mm. And really, the only thing I remember about it is Tom Cruise and planes and a volleyball once. Yeah, it's, it's massively homoerotic. You've got to, you, you know, I'm hoping less planes and more homoerotic volleyball, frankly. This is, <laughs> yeah, it's going to be, I'm hoping dodgeball slash Top Gun sort of thing going. Um, <laughs> I'd be game for that. See, okay, Top Gun was one of those films that everybody watched of a certain age when it came out, and it was the big thing. You know, apparently it sent Navy recruitment up by something like 500% when it oh came out. Oh, my God. It went, it, people went nuts for it. But for me, that whole revisiting it, it's pressing that what happened next button. Mm. So what happened to the character later? What happened to him? How did he, you know, where did he go from there? So, and I love the, I love the trailer because they hit all the right notes, playing flying around, doing mm. playing shit and Tom Cruise going, well, you know, I'm a bit of a, if you pardon the pun, I'm a bit of a maverick, so you can't really trust me, can you? <laughs> you know, doing all that sort of stuff. And it was great. It was just missing four words. It just needed him to say, Talk to me, Goose. At some point in that, and I think <laughs> yes, that's what we want to see. Generally, look good. Probably won't run off to the cinema to see it. You know, it will probably be uh, when it comes out on. I keep saying I watch stuff on DVD. I don't watch stuff on DVD anymore. I watch stuff via Amazon Prime because yeah. you know I can, I can watch it wherever I want. But when it comes on Amazon Prime, it will be absolutely having that. See, I would say I'm not going to be running to the cinema to see it because I don't have that much of an affinity with Top Gun. But I probably will just purely because Cineworld card. No, oh, yeah, there is that. Like when you've got a Cineworld card and no kids, I mean, fuck it, I'll see anything. <laughs> Do you want to swap? I'd swap my kids for a single walker. Um, no, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> There's a definitive reason why I don't have any. Um, before before I round off, the only like the last thing I wanted to mention was the uh, the current turtles run. We had a little bit of a talk about this before we started mm. recording about how they've just introduced a lady turtle. Lady turtle, and I'm so excited slash terrified so about where it's going to go. Botticelli or something. <laughs> I don't think I don't know that she'll get like a code name because she's already got an actual name because she was a human to begin with. Oh right. So she's she's a character called Jenica. The, the the long story short of it is that Master Splinter runs the Foot Clan now. Yeah. And uh, the Shredder is dead, mm. and the Shredder's daughter is trying to get control of the Foot Clan back. Mm. So Splinter's been training this bird who he calls his Tuning, which I believe is like some sort of like top ninja student or something. Mm. It's a Japanese word that means top ninja student, I'm sure. Um, he's been training this bird and she's most excellent and she's also sort of in an almost relationship with Casey Jones. It's getting All very right. close there. And she gets stabbed by 
the Shredder's daughter, Karai. Mm. And uh, they can't get her to a hospital in time to do anything about it. So the turtles just do a turtle transfusion on her with Leonardo's blood. And they just hope for the best. Oh, wow. They're just like, we'll do it because the mutagen has some sort of healing powers. So let's try that maybe. <laughs> um, and what happens is she turns into a fucking turtle. Oh. Now, that's the end point of the issue the last issue that i read which is why i am so nervous slash excited because on the one hand i'm like yes a a new dynamic for the family it's gonna it's gonna be interesting for her in terms of how she deals with becoming a turtle i believe sophie campbell's taking over the writing and the art for turtles from issue 101 she's wonderful so I'm, i'm intrigued from that front on the front that I don't like is that I'm thinking there's going to be an upcoming turtle romance and I hate that in my own head. Now, I don't know whether this is because I'm just married to the idea that the turtles have always just been the four turtles. Let's forget about next mutation forever. Mm. It's terrible. Let's never think of that again. And so in my head, the turtles have almost been asexual but totally by... Yes. Like, through, through no thing of their own. There's just no one for them to fancy. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, the idea that they, they might bring a girl in to then have one of them fancier, when Casey's already... It kind of seems into, a little bit overly obvious, doesn't it? It seems overly obvious, and it, and it seems to me as well that they could really run the risk of being, like, this being, like, the one, tur- the one turtle girl. It's, like, the one opportunity for turtly relationships and will they all go crazy mm. for her and then will it become this horrendous like hormonal teenage nightmare I'm hoping that is 100% not the route they go yeah. down yeah, um, yeah, you'd, you'd hope there'd be a little bit more for want of a better word sophisticated about yeah. where they go I, mean, it, I just I just I don't think I want to see romance in it at all is my problem mm. I think superficially I'm worried about them running a train on her because she's the only one <laughs> I mean I can imagine the comic gate boys are going absolutely nuts over this oh probably yeah either that or they or it's like on the it's not in the big two so they're not noticing it and they don't care I don't know I yeah. haven't actively gone looking for what they think because probably I don't best. care <laughs> yeah. genuinely couldn't give two shits what a comic skater thinks of anything and you can quote me on that no. um, but yeah it's going to be interesting I think I think the good thing is that Sophie Campbell's taking over because I think she's going to do a really good yes. job of handling that yes. well. <laughs> you think that she's she's got the chops not to necessarily go the obvious well-treaded path yeah. with when these sort of things are happening yeah. in, in Because that was before. the thing. When they did bring in Venus de Milo ugh, in Next Mutation, they immediately made Raph and Leo fall for her. So it was yet another thing that Raph and Leo can put heads about because they're always putting heads them too. And it's also a, a light, you know, love triangle type conflicty thing and I'm like I just don't think I want that from my Ninja no. Turtles comics <laughs> I don't, I don't think that's meh. so I like the fact that she was already a ninja and everything so it's not going to be weird yeah. that she's trained in all of that business I believe she's getting a yellow bandana which I like because it's not pink they haven't gone oh she's a girl and it doesn't look like she's got tits either because <laughs> Venus de Milo had inexplicable she, shell tits but how does that work I don't know <laughs> I don't know none of it made any fucking sense um, so yeah the design of this looks really good I'll have to so look that far. up I'll have to look that up it's not something that I've, I've yeah I, I take an active interest in but yeah. I, that that's intrigued me enough to at least sort of crack open a, a Google taskbar and have a shot the, uh, the IDW Turtles comics because they're coming up to issue 100 now have, have been some of my favourite comics like alongside the Hellboy and BPRD stuff for yeah. the past several years I don't think there's been a Duff issue 
of any of the turtles. Oh, I have to give some of that a go. Um, to I've me, not it, done a lot of turtles. It strikes the tone between the original comics, which was a lot more sort of. You know, because yes, everybody, are... when everybody thinks of the turtles, a lot of people of my sort of age think of the cartoon, which yeah, is ridiculous, no, that, yeah, yeah. absolute nonsense. I mean, brilliant nonsense, and I still yeah. love it, but nonsense. Whereas the comics were much darker, oh, and, yeah, and also them. weirder. There was like fucking Triceratops space aliens, and oh, all wait, sorts wait. Of, so they've got all of that. I didn't in pull these. any punches. You don't give the original turtles comics to a kid. Oh no, absolutely it'll fucking not. Traumatized. Yeah, I don't think I would give these comics to a kid either, yeah. if I'm honest. Um, and they they do pull in all the sort of like the triceratons and the neutrinos cool. and all of this sort of stuff. Lovely, lovely. But it's yeah, a little. I, I would say it's a little bit less. Yeah. Grimy than the original ones. Yeah. The, the well, the the art sort of like definitely yeah. promoted that sort of feel, and yeah, yeah there's the writing that sort of like use that as well. But yeah, it's um. They kind of went through a clean. Oh, cleansing is the wrong word. They were, they were, t- they were tarted up, weren't they? They were cleaned yeah. up and they were they were sanitised. That yeah. was the word I was looking for. They were sanitised and stuck on the screen. And kind of the way you've been describing it seems that they've, they've pulled back on that a little mm-hmm. bit, but not Definitely. really gone back to where they, yeah. their, their genesis. But the good thing that they've done as well is they've kept an ongoing series that's alongside the current cartoon. Oh, so right, there is yeah. definitely Turtles comics for kids. Good. Yeah, that, that, which is great. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So, I was going to mention one comic that oh, I've not long finished reading, and I, <laughs> we need to finish this before it hits two hours. So you've right. got seven minutes. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure I can do this. <laughs> so, um, I was, uh, I picked this up because uh, I picked up the first. No, I picked up the trade actually, and really enjoyed it. And I have no idea why I picked it up. I think I managed to get it cheap and I've heard good things about it. It's a book called Sex Criminals. <gasps> I love Sex Criminals. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank Sex you. Sex Criminals you. is amazing. Thank you, thank you. Yes. So you've read it. Oh my God, yeah. What a great book. What oh a great my word. book. So I've just finished reading, I think they're up to about issue 28 or something like that. And yeah, it's been stopped a bit of a hiatus yeah, for a while, hasn't it? it? Um, I think Chip Zdarsky's been writing Spider-Man. Yeah, or something like that. He's, <laughs> he's gone off and done sort of the stuff. But I, but I, I put, and I, I laughed and I thought it was brilliant and it's genuinely mature. Now, that's the wrong way to describe it because it's not... Don't a, read it on the bus. That's what I would yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's... it's it, it, yeah, it, it doesn't... That's where I read the first issue and promptly went, ha-ha, put that away. Yeah. So it, so it has some imagery. Um, <laughs> but it's also really well and sensibly written in terms of it, it doesn't... It's not coy about things. Yeah. Yeah, it's really well done. Loved it, loved it, loved it, and I'll be continuing to get that. So oh, that's, that's my recommendation. Are you are you all the way up to... I'm up to, I think, like I said, it was where the, wherever the it was, 26, 27, yeah. 28, where, wherever it is. The thing I really liked about Sex Criminals is the focus hasn't just been on regular old sex. Yeah. So for those of you that haven't read it, it's about people who can, when they achieve climax, can go into a sort of... It's almost like time is frozen yeah. around them. They yeah. call it cum world, which is yeah. grim, but but hilarious. Well, no, he um, calls it cum world. He yeah. called it something else, which I yeah, can't remember. I can't right. remember off the top yeah. of my head because cum world is but much more also, memorable. They've all got kind of different powers yeah. when yeah when the, when they climax. But what what I really liked about it was it didn't shy away from showing different kinds of yeah. relationships yeah, and different absolutely. kinds of sex. There's no, it, it's not like it doesn't shame anyone for anything no. that they're really into. No, um, and there was a whole issue about an asexual and I almost fell out I, of my chair. You know, that's why I wanted a, to bring it up because I oh wondered whether you'd read it and I'd said if I you did, haven't. I wrote it, I wrote in afterwards and my letter got published in the next issue. Did it? Yeah, it did. You'll know it because it's the, the letter where I referred to myself as some bird from the UK. 
UK. So that I'm going to have to go. That bird from the UK is me. I've got them. Um, <laughs> I think I think I've put them up in the loft because I because you know when I have to put all this my shit up in the loft because it's mm. my shit apparently. Yeah. Um, but I'll need to dig them out and have a proper look at that because oh, yeah. the thing. I mean, the thing about that issue was like because obviously no single telling of a story is going to be the same. It, like experience for every person no. who's asexual. So there was a lot in that issue that was totally irrelevant to my experiences yeah. as an asexual. But just to see people using the word asexual yeah. in something that people that's widely read by quite it's, a lot of people, a, and it and it and it didn't shy away from explaining what that meant or what it meant to the character yeah. and what it means to a lot of other people and all this other it's stuff. Recognition, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's it was just like, oh, this is what representation feels yeah. like. I might do a cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually did do a cry when um, Todd Chavez came out as Ace in Bojack Horseman. Really? Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> I didn't know I needed that. <laughs> it, was, it was quite embarrassing. And look at that. We've got like three and a bit minutes to spare. Ain't we really good? Ain't really good? Hold, it's been a delight to have you. Oh, as always. Back in yes. my kitchen in my loft. <laughs> <laughs> have you got anything that you wanted to plug or social no, media? No, because genuinely, do? I don't do anything. No, he doesn't. I don't have. I don't do my own <laughs> podcast. I don't do blogs or anything. I'm genuinely that. I'm not unable to do anything really. I have children and a job, and they take up the world. <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. So. Kids are difficult. I've got a niece and a nephew now, and I'm like, oof, that's enough for me. Uh, I've got I've got a twelve year old and an eight year old. Well, eight eight going on Hitler. Uh, the eight year old is definitely the brain from Pinky and the Brain. Oh, she's evil. <laughs> Absolutely fucking. She is going to take over yeah, the world one day. Well, I, see, I've I've come to this decision that I'm not entirely sure whether she's going to be the secret genius who plots and plans everything and has an army at her command. Or she's going to be the sort of person that would walk into a bar and kneecap somebody with a tire iron. And, <laughs> and I'm really worried that she might actually be both. Mm, that's not a good combination. No, it's not a good combination. No, so, yeah. So, no, I don't do anything. Um, I really probably should because I've got the enthusiasm for it. I just don't yeah. have the energy. Yeah, well, I can understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pushing 50 now, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really hot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really hot and we're tired. Um, well, I mean, I, all of my... Pl- I've, I've sorted my life out after like eight years of doing this podcast nearly. Is it eight years? No, it'll be seven this year. Seven years of doing this podcast, I've finally done myself a pre-recorded outro that has Yay. all my contact details, so I don't forget any of them. But what I will say here is that I've recently been on an episode of the Wine and Zine podcast with uh, Bryony Evans, and we talked about the Marvel Cinematic Universe and its impact on film and Ooh. comics and such. I don't know if I was the best person to talk about it with because I was just very enthusiastic about how great it is. <laughs> Didn't really have anything How enthusiastic about you, were you about Chris Hemworth's pecs? Actually, not as enthusiastic as you might suspect really? based on this episode. <laughs> um, but go check that out. I assume that will have come out by the time I've edited this because this is now two hours long. So, um, And have a bloody lovely month, I guess, because I do these monthly. Oh, wow. Listeners. Yeah. Yeah. Have a, a I must come back again. again. I must come back. Again. Considering I'm like half an hour away. Yeah, <laughs> why not, eh? You'd get. I'll do it again. We'll <laughs> On do that it note. Again. Absolutely. We all love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour. To get in touch with me, the titular Stace, you can follow me on Twitter at Stacey's Parlour, send an email to stacysparlour at gmail.com, or come and join the Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour Facebook group. If you'd like to leave a review for the show, please do so on Apple Podcasts or over at podchaser.com. 
If you like what you heard enough to want to give me some money, which would be quite spectacular actually, you can go to coffee.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. That's ko-fi.com forward slash Stacey's Parlour. The music that you're hearing right now is by the amazing band Starbomb and you should really check them out on Spotify, iTunes or on their website. Thanks for stopping by and I'll see you next month. Mwah!